And now, introducing a man whose biopic, Now in Glenn, the Glenn Clark story, is in, is in post-production with Dave Coulier, starring as the lead role. And I'm here to remind you, he is Glenn Clark. Good morning, it's uh, Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn, he is Paul Valley. she's Papa Cass. We got her back to training on, uh, now we got through Jordan having to run the board a couple days, we've uh, sent Papa Cass back to training on how to run the board. We'll see. We'll see. I want her to literally produce the show two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, I want Papa Cass running this show. Jordan did it, right? So if Jordan can do it, you can do it, Cass. I believe in you. Like, you are capable of running the show. I, I think that you, frankly, you know, don't tell him. I think you're better than him. No, it's just what it is. I'll I, take that. Yeah, I believe. I'll it. take that. I believe in you. Okay. You can do this. If you right? believe, then I'm good. I believe in you. We will. Um, we will see how it goes. But I, I want that to be the case. That two weeks from now, Papa Cass is producing the show. Hi, good morning. Um, obviously, what a huge bummer it was last night down in D.C. Is Towson just could not hit a shot from outside, and despite rallying back and getting within two points in the second half, they. Never got any closer and ultimately uh, lose in the semifinals of the CAA tournament to Delaware. Delaware will go on to face Wilmington for the title. Towson's season is not actually over by virtue of winning the number one seed in the CAA. They guarantee themselves a spot in the NIT, and that's very little consolation to a program that was looking for the, their first trip to the NCAA tournament in 30-plus years. It's a, it's a weird... Um, you know, there's two things you want to say. The first thing you want to say is, like, this alone shouldn't define a team. That this shouldn't be individually the way that a team uh, is success. That one game shouldn't be what defines whether or not they achieve something. But that's the nature of being in a one-bid league. It's just the way that it works. Whatever else you do is overshadowed by, did you win your conference tournament? And is that a fair way of doing things? No, it's it's not, but that's the way the sport works. It's a sport that ultimately comes down to March. It's like when people like to, to say, hey, Mark Turgeon won a lot of basketball games, and the response back is immediately, right, but what did he do in March? And the answer was nothing. Unfortunately, that's the nature of the sport. The nature of the sport is nothing matters except what happens in this month. They'll play a season for six months to set you up, but it's only this one that matters. So it's a huge bummer. I, I don't want to sound, I don't want to beat them up. You know, it's one game and things happen in one game and tight whistles and Charles Thompson being banged up and all of it sort of played a role. But ultimately, I don't remember what they finished. They were four of 20 when I looked last from beyond four the arc. Four of 23. Yeah, I was like, ah. Shot 31% from the field. Not going to do it. Just not going to do it un- by any stretch of the imagination. So it's it's what it is. It's sad, obviously. And that was that was this area's best chance at having a team in the NCAA tournament. It's not the only chance, of course. And, in fact, there's another good chance coming up tomorrow night. Uh, Navy travels to Colgate for the Patriot League championship game. Colgate, by far the top team in that league, and unlike in the CAA where they play the games at a neutral site, and so it it sort of takes away some of the advantage of being the top team, Colgate gets to host the Patriot League title game. So you're going to be going into a raucous atmosphere, 
and it's not going to be easy against the top team. But Navy's going to have that shot on the road tomorrow night. UMBC is still alive in the America East tournament. They're the number two seed. Of course, unfortunately, Vermont is the overwhelming number one seed in that league. But UMBC hosts a semifinal tomorrow, and if they were to win that, they would play in the America East title game over the weekend. I think that's on Saturday. Uh, Morgan and Coppin both in the MEAC tournament a little bit later on this week. So there's still chance. And, of course, Maryland is still in the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> you never know. They play Michigan State, or they just got their ass beat by in the first round of the Big Ten. And in the, in the, I guess technically it's the second round of the Big Ten tournament because that gets underway tomorrow. They play on Thursday. I, a quick question for you. Yes. So we know Towson's going to the NIT. For, mm-hmm. for Maryland, it's like a lame consolation prize. It's like shining up a turd. But for Towson, does it is that does it mean more because they're a mid major or I mean, is it, it still it, it means more than it would at a power program, sure, but it when when you have the opportunity, when you win your league, when you have the chance to do it, right. It, it's fun to keep playing. The players will be happy they get to keep playing. The coaches will be happy they get to keep playing. That's those are things that you like doing. You don't ever want to see your season just completely come to an end and then you wake up tomorrow and you realize you don't get to go to practice um if they were getting to host a game it might mean something a little bit more to the fan base it's unlikely that they'll be hosting anything in the nit so that won't really whip up the area to to say ah you're traveling to florida to play a, a basketball game cool or whoever it ends up being i don't i don't know who it's gonna end up being they'll travel to um you know, it's what it is. It's fine. It's it's. I, I don't want to say it's not. It's not nothing because it's a reward for having won your league and winning your league is impressive. And I'm glad that when the NCAA took over the NIT, they made this part of it that if you win your league regular season, you're guaranteed to be part of the postseason. I I'm glad that's a thing that exists. But no, it's it's very it's depressing. There's no getting around it. It's depressing for a program that that had the the real belief and it's again it, it's not just that they were winning they were beating teams asses down the stretch and it certainly seemed like nerves played a factor uh, they did not play particularly well in either game they played down in DC there were shots that were put up last night that that weren't even close that it just looked like the moment was getting to them um, and the pressure of being the team to finally end this drought at Towson, a lot of those things were getting to them as the night wore on last night. B- bummer. Just a bummer. Just a bummer. Don't. I really don't want to spend that much more time harping on it because there's nothing pleasant about talking about a team losing and essentially having their season end. I know, again, it's not actually the way that it works. They get to play in the NIT, but for all intents and purposes, their, their season came to an end last night. We will talk about it with Patrick Stevens, what happened. We'll do a post-mortem about that. We'll also talk to him about... Those other teams that are still alive and still have chances, including Navy, who's got a very good chance, and UMBC and the MEAC teams will do that a little bit later on this hour. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, former NFL GM Randy Mueller, uh, our friend, someone that we always love chatting with, um, former Saints-Dolphins GM. We will get his thoughts on what the Ravens are dealing with in terms of the Lamar Jackson situation. Today's show is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And, of course, That's always the best place to be for all of the big events, most especially the NCAA tournament. You're going to want to hang out in the FanDuel Sportsbook. 51 self-service kiosks for you to constantly be getting bets in as the games are going on. You can literally camp out all day long. I guess not literally. That's probably the wrong word to say because you're not going to bring, like, your griddle. But you get the point. You can come 
for the entirety of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Get there early, like 11 a.m. You can get your food, your, your drinks going, start getting bets in, watch games throughout the day on Thursday and Friday next week. I'm going to be hanging out. In fact, we might have to alter the plans for the program next Friday, but I'm going to be hanging out at the FanDuel Sportsbook not only this Sunday during the Big Ten title game and the selection show, but I'm going to be back for Friday of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament to hang out and watch games. So I'm really looking forward to that, and there's just no nowhere better to be when you're, the NCAA tournament's going on than in a sportsbook, and the FanDuel Sportsbook is the place to be. If you want to guarantee your spot, I would email events at sportssocialmd.com. That's events at sportssocialmd.com in order to guarantee reserve your table, reserve your reclining chair, whatever it is, events at sportssocialmd.com is the way to do it. And don't forget, coming up later on this morning, Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Every Tuesday we do that at 1140, and this Thursday we'll debut weekend at Bookies at 1140. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. So Bruce Billick from uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook and uh, our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN will join us a little bit later on this morning for Simply the Bets. Now, um, the story of the day, of course, in uh, the NFL, Calvin Ridley is suspended for the year because it was discovered that he bet on football last season. And it's been really weird watching the responses to this unfold. It's been very strange because there has been almost this sort of, I, and I, I get it, the NFL is becoming so powerful that whenever anything happens, there is this almost immediate punch back from a certain group of people that the NFL must be wrong. It's what happens when someone becomes as powerful as the NFL has become. That no matter what you do, we have to assume we need to check you because you go unchecked constantly. Because you have almost unilateral and all-encompassing power in this country. And that is where the, the NFL has gone, frankly. I mean, the NFL has become that powerful in America that there is this feel from a certain percentage of the population that you have to check them. Everything they do, it must be wrong. It must be wrong because they're too powerful. We've got to be the ones. We've got to keep them in check. And to be very clear, the NFL has gotten a great number of things wrong. Antonio Brown was still playing in the NFL. That's wrong. That shouldn't have been happening. There are plenty of things that the NFL has gotten terribly wrong over the years. And we can talk about this in context of other things, but, but we'll get there. We start with this initially. There is absolutely no defense of Calvin Ridley betting on football. There is no defense of it in the context of the NFL taking money from gambling companies. Not remotely. That is a desperate attempt to try to create some cause and effect that 1,000% does not exist. It is not the NFL's fault that Calvin Ridley bet on football. There have been so many brainless tweets in the last 24 hours. Well, this is what was going to happen when you started taking money from... No, this was what was going to happen when sports gambling became legalized. It has nothing to do with the NFL taking money from betting companies. None. Zero. S 
sports betting is legalized, which makes it easier to do. And when something's easy to do, someone like Calvin Ridley sitting around not playing football gets bored one day, so I'm going to go throw a couple of bets in. Do you think that there's any chance that Calvin Ridley decided to bet on football because he was watching an ad on the NFL network? We are not this obtuse. We're just desperate to try to make the NFL look bad because they become so powerful. There is no cause and effect. There is no, well, this was always going to happen. There's none of that. This has nothing. The NFL is in no ways at fault. Not for this. Plenty of other things. Not for this. We are brainless. We're desperate for something to cling to. Well, it's... you, you, you get in bed with these types of people, you're going to get this type of stuff. No! No! There is no ambiguity here. If you play in the NFL, you can't bet on the NFL. If you are involved... Do you know why Martha Stewart went to prison all those years ago, Paul? Was it insider trading? Insider trading. Which is illegal. And you go to prison! She went to prison for a while, if I remember like correctly. Like two years. Not for a, a weekend. She didn't get work release. She was in a, pr- a federal prison. Uh, Martha Stewart's prison is a little bit more cushy than yours and mine. Might prison. be. It might be. I don't know. She's probably playing tennis every day. M- I don't know. I genuinely don't know that. I don't know that. I don't remember. It was a while ago. Martha Stewart went to prison prison. Calvin Ridley doesn't have to go to prison. At some point... The you know the, the lawmakers in this country might have to think about those types of things. Calvin Ridley ain't going to prison. This thing where like Calvin Ridley is getting some unfair shake ain't true. What he was doing essentially could be considered insider trading, but yet he doesn't have to go to prison. He just doesn't get to play football for a year. And as a lot of people have pointed out, the argument would be the precedent is you get banned for life, and he's lucky he's not getting that. Pete Rose. It's not the only one. Yeah. Just the most famous, obviously. And, and I disagreed with that, too, by the way. Yeah. I want to make that very clear. I don't think you should be banned for life. The point is the NFL has to make it very clear to everyone else, you don't do this. Period. And in order to make that abundantly clear, they can't say, well, gee, gosh, golly, he just slipped up. We'll give him four games and, and all's good. You have to send the message because it cannot occur. There cannot be any question about the legitimacy of what the product that someone is watching. Not when there's this type of money at stake. Somebody said, well, the the players should be allowed to get some of the gambling money. They do. It's part of the NFL revenue. It's what they collectively bargain. All of the money the league makes gets bargained. Now, they might say they deserve a greater percentage of it, and I don't know that I would disagree with them, but they got to bargain that. They had their chance. They're going to do it again in a few years. Gambling revenue will drive the costs of the media product up, and they will get more of that money. It will occur. That's the way it works. There is no world in which players can go bet on football because when players bet on football, either one it can be misconstrued as insider trading because no matter what Calvin Ridley says about, well, I wasn't around the team. Yeah? You didn't get a text from somebody saying so-and-so wasn't going to play that week? 
How do we know that? Not to mention the fact that the team without Calvin Ridley on it isn't the same team. No, I know he was betting no, on. I, I was mean, betting. I know he's betting on the Falcons to win. But that doesn't I mean anybody could bet on it that way. You know what I mean? Like that. He doesn't. He doesn't have information that anybody else couldn't have right. because he was out. We all knew Calvin Ridley was out. That's true. My fantasy team most certainly knew that Calvin <laughs> Ridley was out. By the way, I was certainly planning on having him as a keeper the next year. So I got a text from my brother-in-law. Toss saying, that aside. <laughs> saying F, he was my keeper yep. next year. Yep, that was a plan for your boy. <sighs> Oh, well, not a lot we can do about that. Um, It doesn't change the fact that it was the right thing to do. Calvin Ridley and everyone else in the NFL has to understand. You want to play in the league, there's one thing you can't do. You can't bet on football, period. You know what you can bet on? Everything else! (laughs) Everything! You want to bet on darts? Go bet on darts. You want to bet on golf? Bet on golf. You want to bet on snooker? I don't even know what snooker is and how it relates to Nicole Snooky Polizzi. But I know it's a sport, and you can bet on it. There was another brainless, and Mike Florio was the captain of the brainlessness. Like I, Mike's an attorney. I don't dislike Mike. I don't know when he became this guy, but like he was the captain of the brainless yesterday. Well, you don't think it's a little bit weird that you're advertising this product that anybody can use except for football players? No, they can use it. Calvin Ridley is allowed to bet. He can go sign up at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel tomorrow. He just can't bet on the NFL. He wants to bet on Navy tomorrow night in the Patriot League Championship? Bet away! God! Why is this hard? What do we not get about this? Why are we struggling? The other reason why football players can't bet on football is very simple. Because you don't want the 56th man on the roster, the guy that thinks he's going to be cut next week, to be easily influenced by someone who wants to have him manipulate the outcome of a game. And that, as I've said a billion times, is more difficult because it happened all those years ago at Arizona State. There is this thought that it's easy to do. Even when Tim Donaghy's scheme was being run, it wasn't to manipulate the outcome of the game. It was merely to manipulate the overs. It was to call more fouls at the end of the game to make sure an over hit. The NFL has to protect the integrity of the game. And if players are able to bet, then it is much easier for them to think about, like, eh, you know, bet against my team, and then if I have the chance, I'll fumble a ball late. And I get it. I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. I don't actually believe those things are happening. But it's the reason why you don't let football players bet on games. It not, it's just not that hard. We are going so far out of our way to not see it. And I don't, it doesn't even bother me that other players are trying to stick up for Calvin Ridley because I kind of get it, right? Like, you're part of the fraternity. You don't ever want to see anyone punished or have their livelihood taken away. But if you don't get this, it's on you. You're not trying. There's one rule. You know what other, actually, that's not true. There are other things that the rest of us are able to do that football players aren't able to do. You know what happens the night before uh, an NFL game, Paul? Are you aware of of what what, what the players do the night before a game? Drug testing? Well, there's that. We don't all get subject to drug testing, not always the night before the game. They all have to stay in a hotel, even if the game is at home. Even if they live right next to the stadium, they have to stay at a team hotel the night before the game and get subjected to... 
Night check. They have a bedtime the night before a football game. Tom Brady's 44 years old. He had a bedtime the night before football games this season. Now, knowing how Tom Brady takes care of his body, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady is not the the night owl that uh, other people might be. You know what I don't have to do the night before work any night? I don't have to be subjected to a bedtime. I don't have my employer. John Colson doesn't come around and make sure that I'm in my room at a certain time before the show every night. NFL players have to put up with that. He doesn't do that to you? I, well, that's a different thing. We heard about some stories about you. So, <laughs> Actually, the weird part, your wife requested it. It was a very strange scenario I just when you took the job. I just that's how I got the job. Uh, yeah, she said, we would prefer if uh, you guys would come around and make sure Paul's in bed every night. And I was like, all right, fine. Uh, we got to hire somebody else in order to do it. It was very uh, uncomfortable for that's everyone That's why she's involved. here. That's right. That's Cass's job now. Um, th- there are things that NFL players... There are rules that exist for them that don't exist for the rest of the world. And by the way, there are rules for other jobs that exist for that job that don't exist for the rest of the world. Some jobs have drug testing. Some jobs don't. Some jobs require you to wear certain things. Other jobs don't. NFL player is a job that requires you to do certain things, including not bet on NFL games. Again, Anything else you want to bet on. Hockey, the Capitals play tonight. You want to bet on that? Go bet on it. Anything else. You want to bet on whether or not aliens or humans will win the aliens versus humans war? You can do that. As long as it's legal in the state that you're in. Here in Maryland, you can do it. The FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. There's one thing, one thing that you can't do. One, it's not hard. I don't know why we're going so far out of our way in order to try to make it seem like this is unfair or the NFL is wrong for taking gambling money but not letting players bet on football games. Like It's just so brainless the way that we're discussing it. I feel like it's an appropriate time to say this. Know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Joining us now, friend of ours. Always enjoy my conversations with this man. He is, of course, the former uh, general manager of both the New Orleans Saints and the Miami Dolphins. He is our friend, Mr. Randy Mueller, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Randy, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to chat with you as always, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Thanks, guys. Good to be back with you. Hey, obviously the reason we called is we want to talk about Lamar, but if I could, just because it's been such a story for the last 24 hours, is there any world in which there is a level of ambiguity? Like, I like to believe that when players get into the NFL, it is made abundantly clear to them, there is no way, no how, no sir, not whatsoever, you understand how taboo it is to bet on NFL games. Is there any chance that Calvin Ridley or any other player doesn't know exactly that, that you cannot under any circumstances, no matter what, no matter how, bet on NFL games? Zero chance, guys. Absolutely zero chance. There is no way you can come into the league like these guys do and have forever and spend time around any locker room and in any building in the NFL and think that it's okay to bet on games. I think the narrative that has been brought up over the last 24 hours is crazy and i Mm -hmm. think you guys just mentioned it 
The fact that the league takes gambling money from these big companies has zero to do with players betting on games. None. We're talking about the integrity of the game. And frankly, I'm shocked that it's only one year. And I'm not convinced it's going to be only one year. They said at least one year. So we'll see how it shakes out. But I don't think this is something the league can mess with. It's the perception that's damaging. Whether he bet a dollar or ten dollars, the perception of fans now that look at it between this and the and the uh, Miami Dolphins owner supposedly offering up money for losing, it's just it, the league has had a bad month. Let's just face it. This, no, there's this no is doubt. The worst thing that the worst thing that can happen to the league is to have its integrity questioned. That's what this does. So obviously they've done their own investigation and came out and said nothing else was involved. Of course they're going to say that. They can't have any of this thing else. If there were tapes on this one, they'd have them burned like they did the last time around. So there's a lot of issues here, no doubt. It's not a good, not a good look. Ready, are bad. The, the biggest thing that jumps out at me is that they have to make it very clear to everyone else, you're not going to do this. And so that's why... You know, the idea that it, that it comes out, and it, trust me, the comparison that people make to domestic violence and things like that, I, I, there are plenty of instances where I think the NFL has failed in appropriately punishing someone for their actions, but that doesn't mean that you keep continuing to fail to appropriately punish someone for their actions, and that's a different conversation. I, I think the most important part is that it's got to be clear every single one of these rookies that's about to come into the league in the next couple of months has to know you don't do this. There's no, hey, you might be able to get away with it. There's no, hey, you know, just give some money to your wife and let her do it or something like that. It's got to be abundantly clear. If we find out you're doing it, it's going to derail your career entirely. Yeah, and here's the bad thing about it. It is made abundantly clear. These guys have posters all over the locker room. They have posters everywhere that affix the league with non-gambling. I mean, there's, it, it bounces in their face every day, so... This is an issue that, you know, I've not heard of this before, but you're right. They have to nip it in the bud. It's completely different. We're talking apples and oranges to the domestic violence and these other issues that come up. Totally different. And I'm not condoning any of that. I'm just saying that when the integrity of the game, when the wins and losses and what happens on the field gets challenged, that's a big thing. And that's what the professional, you know, that's what any sport has to bank on is that it's it's a game of, of, of that's played and settled on the field, not because somebody has a bet on something. So it's a big deal. I, I'm in agreement on that. I'm also, I still think we should have stronger penalties for those other things that we're talking about. But yes, yeah, you're, you're right. 100%. It's, it's, it's apples and oranges. There's no question yeah. about it. Randy Mueller is with us here on GCR. Randy, so the reason why we called you, of course, is because we're still dealing. You, you and I have talked about Lamar Jackson a lot in the last <laughs> year or yeah. so. We're still yeah. dealing with it. It seems to get weirder by the day. Um, Jason Lockenfora reports last week that you know, the, the Ravens have offered no more than $35 million. Well, we know what the quarterback market looks like right now, and, and Aaron Rodgers might well about to hit $50 million. And I get it. That's Aaron Rodgers that we're talking about. I understand that. But this is the way the quarterback market works. Like, once the numbers go a certain place, you don't get to say, well, we'd rather pay our guy this amount. We would prefer it that way. When when you read or hear that the Ravens' offer to Lamar Jackson was around the $35 million range, is your reaction – that's a non-serious offer. They must not want to really sign Lamar Jackson. Or is your reaction, no, this is how negotiating works. You put a number out there, and that's just where you're starting in order to get the conversation going. I think it's a little of both. My first reaction is that that number tells me that they may not want to play this style of football going forward. And it has nothing to do with Lamar personally. It's just that this style is going to take them so far, and they're willing to pay that amount. 
But your point of negotiations taking on a start low, end high, that obviously is a factor as well. How high are they willing to go? How high have they been before? Is this this number of 35 uh, is a conclusion of a year and a half of negotiating? Because you're right. We've been talking about this forever. I just think it's a little bit of all the above. It tells me I'm not sure they're sold. And I've said this all along. It's really a style and a strategy as much as it is valuing Lamar. I don't know if they think this is the, the way they can win a Super Bowl. And if it's not, maybe they're drawing the line in the sand. And, and we're all surmising, right? We think there's a former MVP here. He should be paid top market value. And I don't dispute that. But all of us have to admit the style in which Lamar has to play to be successful is different. There's no mold. There hasn't been this, you know, anybody as good as Lamar that plays this style that has been sustainable over over a, a several year period. So there's still some questions in it, and that's probably why we're still talking about it. So let let me follow that up. Just just to play devil's advocate, if you're looking to change the style, why keep Greg Roman as your offensive coordinator, knowing you know this this is what he does, right? Like you run the ball a billion times. That's the Greg Roman offense. It's always the way it's been. It's always the way that it's going to be. If you're not sold on the style, wouldn't you want to change who the coordinator of the offense is? Or you draft another quarterback as well and start grooming a different way. I don't. I, I'm not as familiar with you as as far as what Greg did before he got there. Yeah. I tend to think that this wasn't always his style. It was. This was. This, yeah. Else. I mean, in Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor and San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, this is. Yeah, this, that's what he is. Yeah. This is. And he's he's literally every year until last year. Oddly enough, he's led the league in rushing in the top five in rushing attempts every year. He's been an offensive coordinator. He just didn't have a, a running back last year. Right. I got you. Well, that, that, that is information that needs to be thrown into the equation as to why they're at $35 million, if that's true. So I guess time will tell. We've been saying this, like you said, for a couple of years now. I start to wonder if there is a deal to be made. So, you know, so yeah. I, and I understand what you're saying, right? I, I guess th- this is the interesting side of it, right? Lamar is you – know, somebody is putting out there, Lamar is willing to go you know, to two franchise tags in order to try to get this done. And it feels to me like that's his way of saying, let's go ahead and skip Let's skip to the part where if you're willing to pay me the amount that it's, it's going to cost on a franchise tag, then we know that's what you think I'm worth. So let's skip ahead to that, and you just go ahead and give me that in annual average value on the contract. Um, and I guess the, the, the follow-up question would be, if the Ravens are willing to franchise tag him next season – we know what the number is going to be. It's, it's not going to be $30 million bucks, and it's all going to come off the cap in one year. If you're willing to do that, why aren't you better off just going ahead and giving that number now and trying to give yourself some cap flexibility in the process? Well, in the Ravens, from the Ravens' point of view, that's probably about guarantees if, you're, if these are the facts that are in front of us. On a, on a one-year or franchise number, Yes, it's a big cap number, which does eat up some cap, and there are some teams that do want to eat up cap, but it also reduces the guarantees. If he signs a longer-term deal at that number, there'll be $70, $80, 90000000 million guaranteed. So maybe that's the part of it that they're balking at, the longevity of a deal that would tie them to him for long-term, and maybe there's some question if this is sustainable or not. Hey, we all know Lamar plays recklessly, and that's what makes him good. Maybe there's some question there as to a long-term deal being feasible based on just the, the dur- durability factor in the way Lamar plays. Uh, you know, again, being fair to Lamar, he's done an v- unbelievable job of avoiding the big hits, like an unreal job of avoiding those types of big hits downfield. And, of course, you know, when he got hurt last year, it was on a pass play, right? It wasn't on a running yeah. play. 
Um, so I'm just just in in in, in for the reason of, of full disclosure. I just want to make sure we 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 say that. Um, if if you're Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are completely unwilling to do this, wouldn't you demand a trade at some point, Randy? Wouldn't you walk in and say, I, I'm not just going to play along with your game. This is about as quarterback needy as we've ever seen the NFL. I mean, there's maybe 10, 12 teams tops that feel really good about their quarterback position going into next year. There's there's closer to 10 teams that have no idea what their quarterback situation is going to be like next year. If you're Lamar Jackson and and they're dragging their feet and it doesn't appear as though they are inclined to want to sign you long-term, wouldn't you want to demand a trade looking at the quarterback market at the moment? Well, I think a trade would make maybe sense financially. I don't. I guess the next question is, does it make sense football-wise? We know Lamar plays different. We know his scheme has to be a little different for his skill set to shine. That seems to me like a great fit with what you just said about Greg Mo- <laughs> with a, a, a Rome. Right. I mean that that is what it is. It seems like a fit, but you know, I don't know. I think. Hey, I, I drafted a guy in Seattle, Walter Jones, who played on a franchise tag, it seemed like, endlessly, year after year after year, and he just kept betting on himself. And don't forget, that number keeps going up every year. No question, right. So the numbers do, there, there is, if you put a pencil to it, there is a, a daylight at the end of the tunnel, even if you use the, the uh, franchise tag for multiple years, that makes sense for the player. So I don't know. I think it's a hard one to solve, not knowing exactly the feelings of the Ravens on the inside as the, the, the style they would prefer to play, because they're not going to find anybody better at this style than Lamar, that's for sure. There, there's no doubt that that's true. And, and, again, I think we've seen plenty to say that Lamar Jackson is a hell of a thrower of the football, too. He's not perfect. He's not the greatest thrower of the football we've ever seen, but he's a damn good one. I agree. Um, I, I would almost put the same question to the, the flip side, right? If, if you're the Ravens and you're not committed to Lamar Jackson long-term, at, at what point do you need to think about whether what what might be out there on the trade market? Again, we, I, I'm not trying to say Lamar Jackson is Russell Wilson, right? But we also know that Russell Wilson has not been the same guy of late, and mm-hmm. yet we know that Washington was offering multiple first round picks to try to land Russell Wilson. I, I've I've just never seen a quarterback market like this, Randy, where there are so few teams around the. I mean, teams are begging 45-year-old Tom Brady to reconsider retirement because the right. quarter, I mean, this is where we are. And I get it. He's a different animal. But if you're the Ravens at some point, if you're not committed long-term, wouldn't you also be wise to say, man, could we could we come away with a, a three first-round picks? Could we come away with something that, that more than recoups value if we're not really interested in paying long-term what it's going to cost to get Lamar Jackson anyway? Well, I think that the quarterback market is complicated for sure. And I don't think it's as simple as someone giving three first-round picks. First-round picks are no guarantee to be replaced, to, to replace what you have. So it's like in the Russell Wilson case. You mentioned the commanders offering a package. Because there's no quarterback option coming in return, I don't think the Seahawks would take five first-round picks. Right. They don't, want, they don't want to take a step back. So you've got to give them an option. Same thing with Lamar. They know what they have with Lamar. So they don't want to take a step back. They've got to get better than Lamar in order for them to trade him. And if not, they're going to willing to ride it out. Don't forget, we talked about Dak Prescott for what seemed like sure. five years as well, sure. trying to sign his deal. So there is some precedent there of a team caving in and giving what they want. Uh, but I agree with you. I think if the Ravens had questions, they would have options available to them, of which I have not seen re- any real options yet. 
whether drafting or free agency or anything like that. So I think it I think it's a marriage that is going to happen at some point. They've just dated a couple years longer than most of us thought before they got married. It's all very weird to me, Randy. Like it's it's, it's what I keep coming back to this where everything about this is weird, right? Like yeah. That there's well, no the agent and, and the representation and all that as well. It's it's all awkward for sure. No doubt, every every layer of this is very strange, and I, you know, I there's there's moments where I want to be critical of the Ravens, but I I just don't know what's going on here. And and, right. and to their credit, obviously, as you know, they're one of the best organizations at preventing yep. that type of information from getting out, it, which is a bummer for us in the media. <laughs> Not great news for us. Uh, but in the past, we had the benefit of being able to go to an agent and get that information. Well, as you pointed right. out, that's not the option here. So it's just simply not the way that things work. Uh, uh, Randy Mueller, of course, former Saints and Dolphins general manager. To, to, to just reiterate what you just said, you still think that at some point this ends up working out. Like, as awkward as it is, you still think that at some point this will get done, whether it's now, whether it's two years into the franchise tag, whatever it is, that you still think that ultimately the Ravens and Lamar Jackson will continue this marriage. I do, I do, because I don't see options on either side, either Lamar's side or like we just talked about with the Ravens, that make any more sense. So they're going to ride it out till they find either better options or make a deal. Those are the two questions. And you just said it. There's half the league looking for quarterbacks. I can't imagine Baltimore will be willing to jump in that fray. That doesn't make any sense. So I just don't think there are better options. I think they'll end up coming to a deal at some point. Just a matter of when, that's all. All right, Randy Mueller. What's going on at MuellerFootball.com and everything else in your world? It's going good. Doing a little podcasting with Mike Sando still on the Athletic Forum where we talk about things GM-wise. It's a lot of stuff that you and I talk about, so – it's uh, keeping me busy, getting ready for free agency in the draft. So a lot of things to talk about. At Randy Mueller underscore on Twitter is how you follow him. As I mentioned, MuellerFootball.com. Randy, you've been so good to us. Always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thank you for the conversation and look forward to doing it again real soon. All right. Always enjoy it, guys. Thank you. Randy Mueller, former Saints and Dolphins GM. Appreciate him taking the time for us as always. Look, I, you know, again, and I wrote about it yesterday at PressBoxOnline.com. We can keep saying this till we're blue in the face. I, his idea that, you know, are you not committed to the style? Well, if you're not committed to the style, what are you doing with Greg Roman as your offensive coordinator? That's what he does. He's not going to be a guy that throws the ball 50 times a game. If you want to do that, you shouldn't have Greg Roman as your offensive coordinator. Committing to Greg Roman as your offensive coordinator suggests that you genuinely believe you can win a Super Bowl doing things this way. And you've come close-ish, obviously, in winning a boatload of games in 2019 and getting to back-to-back divisional rounds of the playoffs. You have sniffed the ability to do that. You haven't proven that you can, but you've come darn close. And you didn't have any running backs last year. So running back, last year gets thrown out. You didn't have a running back. So that side of it doesn't necessarily work for me. And we continue to see Lamar Jackson evolve as a passer. Clearly, he's got to be better against the Blitz. We all know that. He has to be better than he showed against the Blitz for four games last season. But we've seen him evolve as a passer. We all saw the Colts game this year. We all watched it with our eyes. It was one of the greatest passing performances. Statistically, it was the greatest passing performance post-halftime in NFL history. It's one of the greatest passing performances we've ever seen. Sheerly passing. 
So I don't, I don't know what you're dragging your feet about. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Randy on this one. A, the Ravens don't want to be that uh, one of those teams that's looking for a quarterback. B, I think they're too smart to franchise tag him and have a fifty million dollar cap hit when they for the probably the first two years of his contract they can get, they can get him for. Then why are you offering thirty five million dollars? That's not I, going I, to get it done. I think it's more so a starting point, like I, you said. M- maybe. Maybe, but with a player that doesn't appear to be all that much of a rush, who's sort of saying, look, let's... I, I come back to... This comes off to me... We'll talk about posturing again with baseball here in a bit. Um, the, the posturing side of this to me is, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I, I, I'm going to posture... Go ahead. I'll play on two franchise tags. Because I know what the value of the franchise tag is. And once you say, I'm worth that amount of money, then there's no negotiating left to do. There's nothing here. That's what I'm worth. You've decided that. Not me. You made that decision. So if that's the decision that you're going to make, what are we waiting for? Maybe like when Michael Scott quoted Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the shots you don't like take. They, they, if you hurt to ask. Just throw it out there. Hey, man, any chance you'd, you don't like money? <laughs> like you do this, chance. we'll sign this guy. You know? Come on, man. <laughs> like This is what makes all of this so weird. And again, it is possible that it's nothing more than... You know, just throwing it out there. Look, let's go from here. We all know it's not going to work, but let's just, we got to start somewhere, right? But if he's really in no rush with negotiating, again, I just could come back to, it's weird. It's a weird vibe that I have all about all of this. Every layer of information makes it weirder. Uh, It's very, very strange. Today's show, but I am not. I'm not also not sold on it being about. If if the Ravens don't know that they're committed to Lamar Jackson long term, then they 1,000 percent should be looking to move him. You can say everything you want about well, the quarterback market doesn't look good for you either. You're never going to get as much value for Lamar Jackson as you're getting right now. If you're not committed to him long term, there is there are way 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 too many teams that need quarterbacks at the moment. And you still have another year. You still have the fifth year on his contract. That team still has the ability to franchise him. If you're not committed, if that's if in any world you're not committed to Lamar Jackson, move him, move him. That's but it's nuts. It's nuts to not be committed I, the, to Lamar the Jackson. The PR hit, man. I just think he's so loved. The PR him. hit of this is going to be the same way if you wait another year and yeah. do it. What's the difference going no, to be? I, I mean, overall, you're just I, hoping that he sucks at that point, and then when you when you when you lose him, you you don't you can't get anything for him. He ain't gonna suck. I'll tell you that. I, that but much. then what are we doing? Exactly. That's what I keep coming back to. If for some reason you're not committed, do it. But it's insane to not be committed. It's nuts. It's bonkers. Badass crazy. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football. Speaking of crazy, if you're not playing underdog, you are crazy. Plenty of contests, even though football season's been over for a while. Basketball, hockey, hopefully baseball at some point. Use the code PRESSBOX. Make your first deposit up to $100. They'll match it with free money for you to play with. UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog app. Talk some hoops. Patrick Stevens joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling.com. 
gamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR. Of course, it's Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we like to talk some college hoops. A little lacrosse as well with our friend from the Washington Post, USA Lacrosse Magazine, and who you follow on Twitter, at Discourse, D1S Course. He is our friend Patrick Stevens. He's back with us now here on GCR. Good morning, Patrick. How are you, sir? I'm well, Glenn. How are you? I'm all right. Obviously, a disappointing night for uh, Towson basketball as they fell to Delaware. I, You know, Patrick, I... It's 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 unfair that a team gets judged um, based on what happened in one game. Unfortunately, it's the nature of the sport, particularly in a one-bid league. This is the way that it goes. It's, it changes nothing about what a remarkable season it was for Towson, but there's no getting around just how disappointing this was for them last night in D.C. Yeah, and, and you know what? When you look back on their three conference losses, they, they got beat late by UNC Wilmington, and then they had two games against Drexel Northeastern where they couldn't make a three to save themselves. Yeah. You know, the, the latter problem resurfaced last night against Delaware. They were 4-23 from three-point range. Uh, you know, Charles Thompson had a bum ankle. They really couldn't throw it into him as much. He still led them in scoring, and I thought he put up a valiant effort. 
with 13 and 6, but without him as as much of a threat, and, and Cam Holden was ailing a little bit too. You know, but their other guys just did not put the ball in the bucket. It's really that simple. Their other five guys that play the most minutes besides Thompson were a combined nine of 41 from the floor, and that just isn't going to get it done. So certainly, uh, I'm sure a lot of those guys are going to be replaying. Uh, that game in their minds for some time to come. They spot Delaware the 16-point lead in the first half, got it down to two, just couldn't get it done. And you know you got you got to be better than four or 23 from three. And, and you know Pat Scary had the thing sized up pretty well after the game. You know a lot of what you were just saying that it was it was a you know it doesn't take away from a great season, but there's no doubt uh, that that's a program that has to feel pretty disappointed. I mean this this really was their best shot in in three decades. Uh, to make the NCAA tournament and just could not get it done. Um, they do get to play more basketballs. They'll be part of the NIT. Looking ahead, you know, they they are on paper, they should have Charles Thompson back. They should have Nick Timberlake back. Of course, you know, this, this is college athletics now. We never know who's coming back anywhere at this point. But on, on paper, it seems like they should have not everyone, but some pretty important pieces back to try to build around to make a run again next season. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at a guy like a Jason Gibson, who's yep. also going to be back. So, you know, I, I'm, I I look at a guy, you know, you, you mentioned Timberlake for sure. Uh, you know, it's pretty it's it's a pretty exceptional group that they were able to mold together. Now, I think the the thing that's worth mentioning is that you know that was a very deft bit of combining guys that were holdovers yep. and guys from the portal and it's not easy to replicate that uh and so you know like just about everybody else in that league uh there's going to be you know guys coming and going probably uh and i i think that Towson has sort of reestablished itself when you kind of look at where it's been you know you can throw last year out basically like last year was just a, a pandemic mess and so you know, if if that's not in there, then this is a team team that's won 20 games or more now three times since 2016, four times since 2014. There's a 19 and an 18 win season in there, and chances are Towson will be able to uh, to, to get back to at least being a top half or remain a top half of the league team uh, moving forward. But there's obviously a lot of moving parts. I mean. At the start of this season, I don't think anybody thought Towson and UNC nope. Wilmington were going to finish in the top half of that league, and they finished one two. So it's an unpredictable league, and, and heavens knows which pieces will be coming and going on any of those rosters in the coming months. Uh, let's take a look at some of the teams that still have opportunities this week, and we'll begin with Navy because they're playing in the Patriot League championship game tomorrow night up at Colgate, and. You know, I, uh, there's a, there's an adage that it's difficult to beat a team three times in one season, and obviously Navy is hoping that, that continues to be true. Um, they played Colgate a, a little bit tougher um, to end the regular season. I, is there reason to be optimistic uh, for Navy, knowing just how good this to- Colgate team has been this season? They, they can be optimistic because their defense travels. I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at when Navy has, has lost games, I mean, really, that first... The two Colgate games are the only times in league play uh, that they've really gotten roasted a bit. I mean, they they and even against Col even the, the last second game against Colgate, it wasn't quite as bad. That was a seventy possession game that Colgate scored seventy four in. So, I think for Navy, uh, even though they scored eighty five against BU, even though they got to seventy against American, uh, you know, the thing that has sort of defined them all season is their defense. And so, if they're ready to go defensively against a really good Colgate offense. 
mean, this is this is strength against strength here. I mean, it's the best offense in the Patriot League by a fairly healthy margin against the best defense in the Patriot League, again, by a fairly healthy margin. Uh, and so if their defense can hold up, I think they can be in this game tomorrow night. Uh, and if they were to win that, it would it would certainly be a great story for Ed DeCellis no uh, and the midshipmen who have not been to the tournament since 1998. By the way, if you missed it last night, the Navy women's team pulled off an upset, and you should go search for Jen Coleman right now on Twitter to see the game-winning shot that she banked in at the buzzer in order for them to knock off the top seed in the Patriot League tournament last night. Um, Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR. Patrick, UMBC plays in the America East semifinals tomorrow night. Um and I'm not trying to look ahead. It, it 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 just feels very difficult for me to fathom anybody having much of a shot against Vermont in that tournament anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that you know if you're sitting there measuring success and you're pretty much anybody other than Vermont in that league, you know, being the two seed in the tournament and making the conference finals in a year with a new coach uh, and a fair number of new players that cycled through, uh, you would have to feel pretty good about that. So if UMBC. Uh, wins uh, wins tomorrow against Hartford, a team that they swept, beat them by four at home, beat them by seven on the road. If they win that game, then then I, I think they have to feel pretty good about what they've accomplished and really feel pretty loose going on up to, to Burlington in all likelihood. I mean, Vermont does have to play Binghamton tonight. Uh, but when you look at what Vermont has done uh, for the most part, especially let's, let's look at what they've done since their only loss in league play, which was to Hartford, uh, one by 21, one by 27, one by 17, yeah. edged UMass low by a point, one by 19, and, and then, oh, by the way, just one by 39 in the first round of the conference <laughs> tournament as, as, they, as they turn it on up there. Uh, it's a great program, and obviously the road to an America East title runs through Vermont. It did the last time that UMBC won it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that the, the good thing for UMBC beyond simply – you know, finally beating UMass Lowell, who had knocked them off twice earlier in the season. I was a little concerned, you know, with their injury issues. Keandre Kennedy didn't play last week against Binghamton in the regular season finale. He was back and scored 17 points. Darnell Rogers didn't play uh, against Binghamton. Uh, he came back and scored 23 last night to go with four boards, three assists, and five steals. So it is kind of an older UMBC team, and they obviously have uh, a great deal of offensive potency. They've hit the 90-point mark in three of their last four games and four times since February 16th in, in six games in that span. Uh, so if they can uh, if they can pour it on a bit again on offense, they're going to give themselves a chance to to make that trip to Bingham or to Burlington, sorry, uh, and, and have a shot there uh, on Saturday morning at great 11 a.m. America East tip time. And you never uh, know. So you never know. You never know. Don't, I certainly don't think this is as good of a UMBC team as the 2018 team was, but to your point, n- nobody thought UMBC was going up and beating Vermont that year either. So, you know, we'll just, just file that away and keep it in mind. Um, the MEAC tournament also gets underway here for the local teams on Thursday. Or no, it's some one of them plays tomorrow, correct? Doesn't, yeah, Coppin yeah, plays, Coppin tomorrow. plays tomorrow. Coppin yeah. fell to the seven seed because it yeah. got swept by Maryland Eastern Shore, so it gets to play a Howard team that it swept. Uh, it's been a weird year for Coppin State, so uh, they get a they're the, they tied for sixth, end up the seven seed. Uh, two of their seven victories this year were against the second seeded Bison of Howard, uh, and so it'll be curious, I think, to me to see if Jesse Zarzuela is back for Coppin State. He's been out here really for almost a, basically the entire last month of the regular season. If he's healthy, that gives them a, an added bit of, uh, uh, of offensive firepower. Uh, but Howard has also played fairly well, too, even though they lost to Norfolk the other night. Basically, 
Uh, Howard went 0-4 against Norfolk and Coppin, and then went 9-1 and against everybody else in the league. So uh, they, they've done a nice job uh, with Elijah Hawkins, the freshman, Steve Settle, and of course Kyle Foster, just an immensely improved player for the Bison this year. Uh, so that's a, that's a tough game for Coppin. And Morgan State playing well now, has won four in a row to close out the regular season. Uh, the defense has started to get it done a little bit here. You know, they smothered UMES last week, then beat Coppin in a revenge game uh, last Thursday. So they get South Carolina State, a team that they swept uh, in the first game. Uh, in their tournament, they win that. They'll probably see Norfolk State, uh, which is facing an O for the MEAC, Delaware State, in its quarterfinal. Um, then the uh, the other team is of course Maryland and oh yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know what to say they you know they 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 have a chance too but I think that's about the the last thing I can say about that particular topic. Well, for the short term, let's only focus on Thursday here. Yeah. Like, Mich- Michigan State has only won three games out of outside of East Lansing since Christmas. It's kind of wild. That's kind of wild. They've only <laughs> at Northwestern, at Wisconsin, and at Maryland. They've lost they lost their last five road games. They're, they're, I, I know they beat Maryland and certainly played well right out of the shoot, but they haven't been playing great. Well, then they tried you know, to yak up a twenty-point lead in the process. You know, they they before that Maryland game, they had, they had lost eight of their previous ten. It's not a vintage Michigan State team. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, is that when they rolled through College Park, uh, you know, they came in, they were sixteen and four, and it just blistered Michigan. And you're like, well. You know, maybe they're rounding into form, and they almost gave up a big lead in that game too. I think it was a 15-point lead that got down to two uh, back on February the first, and, and then after that, they lost eight of their next ten. So, you know, I think Maryland has a shot given how feisty they've been, uh, and, and given the possibility that a uh, you know that a uh, Ayala Russell monster day could, could come at any time. Sure. Uh, you know that that is not a situation that's impossible for Maryland. Now, trying to win four games in four days with a highly inconsistent team, probably not going to happen. But, uh, you know, they got the 10 seed. They avoided the first day of the tournament, which I think is a victory in and of itself for this particular team. Uh, and so, you know, we'll see what happens to Maryland outside of Indianapolis. But uh, as, uh, as somebody I know has, has said on a few occasions, the real season starts when the season ends. Yep. Uh, and, yep. the, and the coaching search really... Uh, adds greater scrutiny uh, moving forward. No doubt about it. All right, uh, away from the local stuff, biggest storylines to you as we head towards the selection show on Sunday night? You know, the funny thing is is that it doesn't feel like a year where there's a lot of teams that are that are really at the edge of the field that you know, there's not a the Big Ten has Indiana and maybe Rutgers and Michigan, but most of the other power conferences feel fairly settled. There's Wake Forest and the ACC. Uh, there's uh, you know Oklahoma maybe in the Big Twelve. Uh, whoever wins Florida, Texas A and M, and the SEC has a puncher's chance if if they can knock off uh, if they can knock off somebody else. Uh, there's not really yet much out in the Pac-12 unless Oregon or Colorado can make a deep run. Uh, so you know I'll just sort of default to what the major story of the entire season has been, which is all right. Well, Coach K just lost uh, in his right. final game at Cameron Indoor. You know, does he win his? Fu- does he and Duke win? Uh, in his final ACC tournament, in noted ACC stronghold, Brooklyn. yes, yes. Uh, so you know, I think that's going to be something that ha- that draws some attention. Uh, but if you're looking for leagues to pay attention to, where maybe there's a-, a weird result in the in the offing, look at the Mountain West, where there's a handful of teams that wouldn't be at large picks, but are still good, like UNLV and Utah State. Uh, look at the A10, where weird things almost always happen. St. Bonaventure is a tested team. 
Uh, and then look at the American Athletic Conference, where there's three teams in pretty decent shape right now. SMU, Houston, and Memphis. Memphis playing really, really yeah. well right now. Whew. But is there somebody else that could possibly be sitting there on Sunday as a potential bid snatcher? You know, the American usually has uh, uh, you know the threat of that, uh, and it might happen again this year. And obviously, already some good stories like uh, the Chattanooga. The finish last night was tremendous, and uh, former UMB assistant, UMBC assistant Griff Aldrich is in the NCAA tournament. Uh, he now. is indeed at Longwood as Longwood makes its first NCAA tournament appearance. This. Someone pointed out to me with Longwood making the tournament, that means that William and Mary is now the only team in the state of Virginia that has never made the tournament. Virgi- William and Mary, one of the forgotten four schools that was part of the original Division One that has yet to make an NCAA tournament appearance. But there you go, Patrick Stevens. Um, the lacrosse side of things, I would imagine Towson probably feeling a little bit better right now than they did, uh, you know, maybe a week and a half ago. Yeah, Towson has to feel better with the victories over Loyola and UMBC. I think Loyola has to be kind of wondering where things are headed after losing that Towson game and then, you know, not playing all that great. I mean, they lost 14 to 12 in a victory, or they beat Lafayette 14 to 12 uh, in their Patriot League opener. Uh, so that's a one in four Loyola team that has Duke coming to town on Saturday uh, in, in probably one of the more high profile games around here this weekend. Um, no doubt, no doubt about that. And that is a uh, one I'm lo- I'll be looking forward to. But phew, we'll see. It's been a, it's been a tr- it's been a struggle. That's all. It's been a struggle on this side of things. All right, sir, you ready to play our game? Let's do it. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? We begin with a uh, five-team guy, and as you know, these have gotten more and more difficult, but it's what it is. Three of these teams uh, he was with for a very long time, and there's a ton of cameo appearances. One all-star game for Cliff Floyd is our, our first choice today. Cliff Floyd, five teams? Uh, no, actually seven teams. <laughs> seven seven th- teams for Cliff three, Floyd. Three that he played for for at least four years, and then literally a bunch of – there's like one full season in there the rest of the way with the other four teams. Oh, dear heaven. Yeah, well, I know. Let's knock out the three obvious ones, right? Yep. That's Montreal, New York, Mets, and Florida. Ex- uh, exactly right, yes. So, where else did Cliff Floyd play? Wow. Now, by the way, the, um, the longest uh, was 108 games. The other appearance is 80 games, 47 games, and there was a 10-game stint in there. In one oh, place. wow. Yeah. All right. Was he in Colorado for a second? Not Colorado, no. Okay, so he's not in Colorado. Was he in Atlanta for a No, unfortunately not in Atlanta. Okay. How about uh how about because everybody goes there, the Dodgers? It's it was a I understood you were gonna guess that. No, you want to throw one more out there to try to to, to get over fifty percent. Let's throw the Angels out there as well. Yeah, unfortunately, no. Paul, you remember a few? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was one and for eighty games. I think he played in Boston, didn't he? Did he did play in Boston as well for forty seven games. The other two stops, San Diego and the Cubs. San Diego for ten games. So let's wash that taste out of our mouth. Let's move on from that immediately, and we'll give you one that's uh, you know a bit more accessible. The, give me the four teams for Nomar Garcia Para. Oh wow, um, Nomar was a Red Sox. Most right? certainly sure, was. Right? Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was, and he was a Dodger. Yes, sure. he was. He was in Oakland, right? He was in Oakland, indeed. End. Yep. And so Nomar's other stop. Oh, between Boston and the Dodgers, he spent uh, a season and a half here. Yeah, he was traded there, right? Yes. In the middle of that. Where was where was Nomar sent? Where was Nomar banished to? Um Am I thinking Am I thinking San Francisco here? 
Oh no, no! It the Cubs. The oh, Cubs. That's right. Yeah, yeah, the Cubs were the stop. I knew that. that. I thought you were gonna give me a chance uh, to say no. it. Uh, all right. Um, give me your schedule for the week, Patrick Stevens. Lots of A10 basketball. We'll also check out UMBC on uh, tomorrow night. At Discourse D1 S Course on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, you can. Uh, you see his stuff in the Washington Post and at USA Lacrosse Magazine. Patrick Stevens, thank you so much. Appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Awesome, Glenn. Take care. All right. Patrick Stevens joining us here on GCR as he does every week. All right. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, I want to talk more and get some of your responses about uh, Calvin Ridley and some of these insane comparisons that people have made that just don't hold water. Also, um, I want to talk a little bit more about the fact that the the sides are getting back together to discuss things baseball-wise today, so we will do that as well. That's all coming up. It is a Tuesday edition. Uh, oh, and Cass's Top 5. What's the what's the theme for Cass's Top 5 today? What's uh, What do you have? It's my weird comfort foods. Weird comfort foods. All right, I look forward to that. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the the latest in baseball coverage right here on The Battle Round. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. 
Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash Sports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. If you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley were talking baseball on Facebook Live with none other than the great Tim Kirkjian. You can find that show right now by going to facebook.com slash pressboxsports and clicking on the videos tab or by going to pressboxonline.com slash video and find it there. Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley talk baseball every Monday with you. And again, Tim Kirkshen last night, a tremendous conversation as always. I know Stan was working on a, a really big guest uh, for his other show this week. Don't know if that was going to be able to come through, and, and so I'll let you know what else it uh, he might be doing. But um, it would have been a really, really significant one for sure. All right. Um, a couple of things that I want to get to, then we'll get to Cass's top five for the week. One. I have no problem with the response to Calvin Ridley being something along the lines of, as I alluded to with Randy Mueller, well, there are guys that get popped with domestic violence and they don't get anything, and Calvin Ridley is getting a year for betting on football. There's nothing wrong with saying that if what your response is, the guys that get popped for domestic violence should be getting more. That's fine. Trying to suggest that that means that players should be able to bet on football games is insane. We all know that the NFL has a problem related to domestic violence and how they've handled it. That's overwhelming. It's embarrassing. It's pathetic. It's sad. It's all of the above. They have failed time and time again when it comes to the issue of domestic violence. And calling them out for that is something we should do constantly. But it doesn't mean that suddenly they should say, well, we don't punish anybody for anything. There is certainly a problem that exists within society when it comes to domestic violence that we don't know how to handle things when evidence is presented, but there is no criminal charge. We haven't figured out what we're supposed to do there. And I don't have a perfect answer for you. I can't solve it alone other than to say, well, it sure as hell ain't what they've done. Domestic violence and sexual assault should be treated far more seriously and 1,000%, the NFL has failed when it comes to those particular issues. But there's no, well, this means they shouldn't give Calvin Ridley a, a punishment or a serious punishment. Stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. We have to know why it is that players can't bet on football games. We have to understand that. Now, a secondary comparison that's been made, I brought up the insider trading thing. Um, it was brought up that... Um, Congress can uh, Congress people are allowed to still own stocks and trade stocks despite the fact that they're literally making laws that impact the stock market I have no idea what the hell that's supposed to do with football but personally yeah I get it 
I I get that it's always been weird to me that you could be someone that could make laws and have insider information about what laws might be coming, and yet you're able to trade stocks. That's always been weird to me. I've always been in favor of all politicians no longer being able to hold private stocks. But it's a different conversation. I don't know what the NFL is supposed to do about that. The idea that the because Congress doesn't do the right thing, the NFL shouldn't either, should just allow for essentially insider trading. Again, I'd love to solve all of the world's problems. I am for solving more of the world's problems. But I have no idea what it's supposed to do with Calvin Ridley. I mean, we're, how, can you, how can you punish Calvin Ridley? There's a war going on. Like, What are these things supposed to have to do with each other? The NFL has made it very clear. You're a football player. You can't bet on NFL games. If you do, you're going to get significant punishment because we've got to make it very clear to everyone else. You cannot bet on NFL games. It's not hard. Steve, Glenn, how would you feel if it was a Ravens player? The exact same way, Steve. Do they not listen to the show? I mean, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know who you're talking to. If including the most important one. If any Ravens player was suspended a year for betting on football games, I would say as they should be. You'd probably be harder on them. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it, I would be more frustrated about it. Yeah. Like, I would, I would probably talk more about how they're letting their team down. Like, sure, I probably would bring those things up, I guess. I, I, I clearly don't care about Atlanta. I don't care if Calvin Ridley's letting his team down. Not that I think they had much of a chance of doing anything next year anyway. There is no this is this is the sickness that we have. We have a sickness where we think that these things are based around our fandoms or the things our personal interests instead of being able to figure out if something's right or something's wrong. I get why football players can't bet on NFL games. I understand that. It does not take much to figure that out. You don't have to think all that hard to understand why it's a rule that exists and it's different for them than it is for me. By the way, extend that. It, it should very well be that uh, no general manager, no one that works in a front office, no scout, any of those people should be able to bet on NFL games. And they too, should they should lose their jobs if they do because they too can have access to information. And somebody, well, isn't that what we're all looking for? That's the reason why they put out injury reports because we're all looking for information. They can have information. The rest of us don't. Everybody gets the same access to an injury report. If you're betting on a football game without looking at an injury report, that's on you. That's your fault. Guy raises his hand. <laughs> I've done it plenty of times. Plenty of times. It's like, oh, man, I bet on that game and forgot so-and-so wasn't playing. That's on me. It's the reason why the NFL is supposed to take it very seriously when a player doesn't report an injury. When we find out afterwards that someone was having surgery and that the team didn't report that injury. Because gambling is a big part of the success of the NFL and all major American professional sports. You can't do it. So it's not just players, anybody involved in the organization that might have access to additional information or that might have the ability to influence the outcome of games should not be betting on NFL games and extend that. Same thing for baseball players and the organization. Same thing for basketball, for hockey, for anyone. You can't do it. 
Now college sports, 100%. I don't know if they post the lines for Stevenson women's soccer anywhere, but Cass can't bet on them. You just can't do it. It's that simple. You can't bet on the sport you participate in. It's, I don't know why this is hard. I don't know why we're going to such lengths to try to make it seem like this is controversial or that this is strange or anything along those lines. We can figure it out. Let's solve the other problems when we solve them. Let's be more strict when it comes to domestic violence. Let's be more strict when it comes to sexual assault. Let's do all of those things too. But to think that Calvin Ridley shouldn't get significant punishment, stop it. Stop it. This is embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing, our response to this particular issue, or that it somehow has anything to do with the NFL working, oh, well, the NFL, uh, this was their official gambling partner. And it was okay for Calvin Ridley to sign up as long as he didn't bet on NFL games. (laughs) Not hard. I don't know what we're doing, why we're trying this hard. I don't get it. (sighs) Anyway, so there's that, too. Sides back together today. And baseball, baseball, this is an important day. Because if today they can get a deal done, they can still play 162 games, which is super weird because a week ago I was told they weren't playing 162 games. It's almost like that was nothing more than posturing. It's real weird. Did anybody say that when they announced that? Because what was really odd to me, I don't know if you've heard this before if you listen to this show, is how everyone across the country just regurgitated that information without thinking critically. Without saying, this is nonsense, there's no reason why they can't play 162 games, and it would be silly for the players to just accept that and not try to bargain it back into whatever agreement they came up to. And since we already know that was nonsense... That wasn't anything. It meant nothing. It wasn't worth the internet space that it was printed on. You know what I'll say about today's deadline? The exact same. It's all posturing. All of it. And going back to brainless, we brainlessly pass it along as if it's actual information. When we already know it's false! They already canceled games that they're literally telling us weren't canceled. (laughs) We know it's bull-ass. But we continue to share it uncritically. I I know I'm an old man screaming at a cloud right now. I get it. I understand that. But how stupid are we? And this isn't just the fault of Major League Baseball. It's the fault of the media. And I don't like blaming the media because I am the media. But we have failed in how we've reported these things because we've pretended like they're real. When any ounce of critical thought last week would have said, there's no reason why they would just cancel six games arbitrarily. That's nuts. What are we doing here? But because we don't think critically, we just regurgitate that information. We just pass it along as if it was fact. Baseball canceled six games as much as I'm Brad Pitt. I do love Brad Pitt. 
doesn't I mean, doesn't make me Brad Pitt. <laughs> doesn't I mean I, I mean I'm better looking. Obviously, I've got that going. For I think me. he'd be a cool guy to be friends with. I'm uh, Brad Pitt. By the way, is like damn near six years old at this point. Yeah. It's really kind of crazy to me. Like, yeah, yeah. You know how old Brad Pitt is? He's like fifty. Brad Pitt's, I think he's years fifty-seven old. years old. If I yeah. We were uh, we saw the trailer for the Sandra Bullock film, and uh, my oh he's not even fifty-seven. He's fifty-eight. Mm-hmm. He's fifty-eight years old. He and John Stamos may be the two best-looking men. Uh, don't in the get world. me wrong. Like when he when when he's he's not wearing a shirt in the Sandra Bullock trailer, I'm like it looks incredible. God bless. I mean, like good for Brad Pitt. He's fifty-eight years old. It's crazy to me. By it's the nuts. way, I didn't think he would ever be fifty-eight. Did you watch that movie, The Unforgivable? With Sandra Bullock on Netflix? I don't think I did. Watched it on the plane on the way home. Okay. Very good. I don't even remember it. I don't even remember which one that one was. It's the one where she's in prison for 20 years and she gets out and like everybody uh, keeps... Maybe I vaguely remember that. It's right. very um, good. Right. I recommend checking it out. I got other things that are higher on the list, but at some point I might I might look at it. I got. I haven't watched the uh, first episode of Winning Time yet. I got to do that. Me either. I got to get on that. Um, anyway, the moral of the story being that this means nothing either. And we're going to regurgitate it the same way. We're just going to brain, brainlessly keep saying the same things. Well, if they don't get an agreement done today, they're going to cancel more games. This doesn't mean anything. And we already know that because they've literally gone back on their first cancellation of games. That's the third time they've extended a deadline. How do we keep falling for this crap? How do we keep tweeting these things non-critically? How do we keep doing this and not saying we know it doesn't mean anything, but this is the threat they're making? We understand it's an utterly empty threat, but they're still threatening it. How do we not do that? How do we continue to accept these things as being factual when they're clearly not? If they don't get an agreement done today, you know when they could get an agreement done? Tomorrow. And why would it be that they'd be capable of playing 162 games today and not tomorrow? Again, I understand fully there comes a time where the calendar will not allow for 162 games to be played. I get that. But it ain't on March 8th. It's not on March 12th either. It's not on March 15th. You get into April, it starts getting tricky. I mean, it it does. It starts getting tricky. You can, of course... Start the season on April 15th and literally just move um, the World Series back two weeks. It can be done. But you get any further than that, it's really tough. It's really tough to fathom them pushing the season back to to have the World Series wrap up at Thanksgiving. I I think it almost becomes sort of the cutoff. Like the World Series has got to be wrapped up by like November 20th. Somewhere around there. If you're going to do a 162 game season. Especially... I don't even know how many, at this point how many games you need for the playoffs because I, I guess we're back to 14 teams. I guess that's where we're going to go is there's going to be 14 teams. So it, I don't think it requires more days. I mean, it's just more teams participating in the first round. Do you think there'd be any chance of them moving the World Series to a new, to neutral sites where the weather's better yeah, if that, that were to happen? I, I, think that, I, I do think that at some point they'll just say, let's not screw with this. Let's just do 150 games this year, and we'll get back to 162 next year. I think it's more likely that they, they agree to shorten the season at that point than they do a neutral site World Series in order to pull it off. I, I just think they realize that at some point there is a, there is a point at which you're already, it's already difficult for baseball when you get to the postseason and you're up against football anyway. Mm-hmm. Now you're adding in basketball started. Now you're adding in 
people making plans for the holidays, things along those lines. I think Thanksgiving is a point at which you want to have everything cut off. Right. Like, you just no matter what the weather is, you don't really want to screw with tradition. You don't really want to screw with people's plan. You have TV partners that make it awkward, right? Like, when, when you want to keep doing this and Fox comes to you and is like, hey, dude, we got football we're running. Like, we... We, we can't work around your schedule, you know, like this is what we got. This is what's available. You want to play the game at, you want to play a World Series game at four in the afternoon, you can do it, but that's what we've got available. At some point, there are partners involved, and I just, Thanksgiving has always felt like you got it, you must have it wrapped up by then. I really think that's pushing it to say I Thanksgiving. I think pushing it, yeah. But, you know, I, I don't think it's, we have seen before, it's not the end of the world if the World Series lingers into the start of November. So, there's not really a significant difference between November 1st and November 15th. I get it. The argument is if the Yankees are in the World Series, if a cold-weather team is in the World Series, it's that much colder on November 15th than it is on November 1st. But, uh, you know, it's negligible, right? Like, they've played World Series in cold temperatures. Right. Like, we have seen that happen before. It's not ideal, but it could be done. I think that you have you acknowledge that that's the end of it. I mean, like, if Minnesota got into the World Series, there'd be a real problem playing at anything later than November 15th. Um why they don't have a dome on their stadium it makes no sense beyond me but that's the way it, it's the way it goes can't do anything about that all right let's get into Cass's top five Cass's top five this week is brought to you by the new print issue of press box which is available right now for free at your neighborhood royal farms any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box read it all Pressboxonline.com. you see gary williams on the cover Inside, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland's run to the 2002 National Championship. Go pick it up right now, the new print issue of Pressbox. Weird comfort foods, you say, Cass? Yeah. I'll start with the first one, though, that's wait, like, wait, wait. not that weird. Yeah, so five to one. This is the way we do it. The, I know, but this one I couldn't, like, I, don't, I didn't do, le- like, weirdest, like, in that. I just, like, did what I eat the most. Okay. Like, which right, one's, right, like, my right, right. go-to. Your, your list. Your yeah, list. Yeah, my list. Yeah. Okay, so the least the least weird one I would say is pickles. It's like my comfort food. Literally nothing weird about pickles right. whatsoever pickles on this show. My no, God, but except I can't do the like. I have to have like pickle chips, and it has to be a certain brand. Like I can't. Why can't you do pickle spears? What? No. Okay, now this this does make it weird. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I get the pickle chip thing. They're easier for snacking. I like th- I can understand liking pickle chips. Who doesn't like, and like pickle I chips? And I also like drinking I can't like fathom pickle juice. That reaction to pickle spears makes no sense. It's gross to me. I like fried pickles. Anything pickle chips. I can't do like That doesn't make you like pickles. It's Why? the texture of like the slimy like softness and then like the crunchiness. I can't do it. It's a very weird bit, Cass. Great hangover food, by the way. This Ramen is, noodles and pickle juice. This is what Not my mixed together. This is what my fridge looks like. That's I what love my, pickles. That's what my fridge looks it's like. It's like right my go-to now. snack. The uh, the horseradish, jalapeno, sriracha, cool ranch, and taco pickles. From uh, actually, you know who brought me these? This was a gift from uh, Drew Miller's dad. Oh, he knows how much that's I love so pickles. Nice. He brought these down for me from Pennsylvania, and I, I appreciate it greatly. Can I interrupt for like breaking news? Is it really breaking? Yeah, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers has agreed to a four-year, two hundred million dollar deal with the Packers. Not surprising at all. That's exactly kind of what we saw coming in the last couple of weeks. That it was going to be fifty million dollars a year annual average value, and the everything seemed to be pointing to him going back to the Packers. Everything seemed to be pointing. In fact, the the word in the last week was. Everybody thought this was going to be a really exciting quarterback market, and they're all going to be very disappointed. Like, mm-hmm. everyone is going to be disappointed when they find out. 
the the Seahawks didn't bite at multiple first round picks for Russell Wilson. There is at some point there really you got to a place where you're like, if you're Aaron Rodgers, why are you moving on? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you moving on for? The Packers are willing to spend the money to keep you around and make you happy. What is it that you're moving on for? Now they've got another problem. Like somebody, somebody might at this point try to trade for Jordan Love, because that's that's how bad the quarterback situation is around the NFL. It's going to be Washington. I I think they keep doing the thing that they do, which is just continue to 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 trot out some Mitchell Trubisky is my bet for Washington. Continues to be my bet for that they go the Mitchell Trubisky route. But yeah, it's not it's not surprising. The word was that fifty million dollars gonna be the number hit, and that's what makes the thirty five million dollar thing for Lamar Jackson so offensive. Like this is where the quarterback like that you think that it was crazy that they would go forty three million for Josh Allen. That might ultimately turn out to be a discount. It might be that they look back on it and say, Boy, we should have gotten in before that because once more quarterback numbers start coming in, that's where you got to go in order to keep them around. And that impacts what the franchise tag would cost. That impacts all of those things. The word is that with the Rams redo Stafford's deal, it's likely to be in the same neighborhood. Like, this is this is the world now. It's a going rate for a quarterback. You either, have a, quarterback. you either have a quarterback or you don't. And the majority of the teams in the NFL right now don't have a quarterback. You got one, you got to pay him. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers stays with the Packers, who are going to tag. They tag. They're using the tag on Devontae Adams, so – they're keeping the band together, and they're going back after it next year. Although it won't, be, that will cost them Zadarius Smith apparently. So we'll see if the Ravens end up getting back in the mix for Zadarius. Anyway, sorry that it, I'm 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 weirded out by it because pickle spears, full pickles. They're all there's nothing better in my life than a, going to a deli, right? And then you see that giant, yeah. What do you what do you call those things? It's not a basket. It's not a jar. What do you call the? What, do you, what the hell? Why can't I think of this word? Uh, uh, like one of those gallon jars? No, it's about? it's the it's like um. Oh my God! What the hell? Why is my brain a not vat functioning? Of pickles? No, it's like on the ground, a barrel, but it's not really a barrel necessarily. Bucket? No, uh. God! You guys know what I'm talking about. It's no idea. Full of giant ass pickles, and you're like, I need one of those right now. And I then you eat it like it was a hot dog. No, it's I can't, unbelievable. I can't do like the whole pickles either, where you like just like like what, bite what it. Is I can't. What's has to be pickle chips, and that's Delicious. it. Delicious. I also eat it any other way. pickles on the way home. Pickles are amazing. Pickles All right, number four. So Wait, we gotta speed up the process. Okay, number four is fried plantains. The hell? Who doesn't like fried plantains? A lot of people, but like these are like midnight what? snacks to me. Like these are things I would I mean, eat at midnight. And I would like, only say it's strange in that like you have to specifically make sure you have fried plantains in the house. Right. Exactly. A weird, it's a weird thing to have in your house. That's what I'm saying. It's like a weird thing to just be like, hmm, I'm craving fried plantains. Yeah, I, mean, I like, just let I me go pull it not, out of my pantry. Yeah, not something I keep in my house. I agree right. with you upon that, mm-hmm. but. I don't know, man. Like fried plantains are delicious. Mm-hmm. The hell doesn't like? You don't like fried plantains? To be fair, I haven't had them since I was a child, but I hated them oh, so much back then I haven't gone back. Incredibly good. Then no one made them right. I mean, come That's on. All man. I have to say. When you go to the uh, Brazilian steakhouse, you don't, you don't, you don't uh, in, in, enjoy a few fried plantains when I you're there. I don't know that I've ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse. Well, that's that's another conversation for another day that we'll have to deal <laughs> with. That's a mistake. Next. Okay, and third place is great. Do you really keep fried plantains in your house, though? In my apartment uh, on campus, I do That's for so sure. Funny. Like, it's I'll literally so go to the me. store and I'll go buy them because, like, I love them so much. I mean, I, I'm not knocking the hustle. It's just not something that I have. At Glenn Clark's house, there aren't just fried mm-hmm. plantains. I mean, I have fried plantain. Around. I have plantain chips, too. Yeah. I mean, Those yeah. are really good, sure, too. Of course. Yeah. Um, but third is grits. Does somebody not like grits? No, but it's like, how do you eat your grits is the real question. So um, I do not – okay, there's a, it's, it's, I'm glad you bring this up. It's a valid question. I am, I am very Southern in this way, right? Okay. Like uh, there's, if there's something that drives me nuts about grits, one, too runny, 
hate runny grits. Mm-hmm. Hate runny grits. Hate runny grits. Agreed. Just throw them away. Two, I don't care for sugar on my grits. Mm. I am a hot sauce on my grits, man. Okay. I like that route. It's the same way that I actually like, like I love cheese grits. Cheese grits are incredible, mm-hmm. right? And I love shrimp and grits. I think more of grits, I don't think of it as a sugary breakfast food, right? I think of it way more, if I want to have a sugary breakfast food, I'll just have cereal, oatmeal, something along mm-hmm. those lines. I like grits as an accompaniment to a solid meal later on okay. during the course of the day. See, I like I like sugar on my grits. I grew up that way. My mom makes them that way. I love my mom's oh, I hate you grits. now. I'm sorry. It's just the it's way okay. that it goes. I have it's no fine. choice. I have to hate you. That is solid. Yeah, we, are, we are mortal enemies it. now at this point. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I'll eat that at like 11 o'clock at night. Like, but you haven't named grits. one food that's weird to me. Just yet. wait. It's these aren't weird. Me. They're not weird, but I'm saying like these are like things that keep, like okay, most people again, don't do you, eat at like 11 o'clock at night. Do you keep grits in your house at all times? Yes. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. That's what I'm saying. That's weird. Like these are my top foods I go to all the time. Um. In second... I said my favorite thing. Oh my gosh, I love this cold rice, like leftover cold rice. So like my when my mom cooks food or if I cook food, I always make enough that I can put it in a Tupperware, so I can put it in the fridge and like have it so cold. Just the rice. Just the rice, and then I put salt and pepper on the cold rice. It's I'll eat it like if I have dinner at six, I'll put it in the fridge, and then after I like go and play soccer or something, I'll come back and at like eleven o'clock, that's like my like snack. I think it's so good. I'll eat that straight just like it. It's amazing. Okay. Cold rice. I'm out. <laughs> I'm I out. Like, you I finally like cold, found one. I like cold French fries, and I prefer cold apple pie to warm apple pie. And there's mm. a lot of things that okay. that I won't warm up. Here's where I'll give you an example. If um, uh, my, my my wife, uh, Mrs. Clark, loves making like stir fries or casseroles or like the types of things where you just throw a bunch of stuff all into one. I, I, I don't ever, because I'm smart, I just tell her I love everything. Like everything, I'm like, I, it's, thank you for making dinner. I don't necessarily care for anything where vegetables are thrown in. I don't want to warm up vegetables. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I never want to eat a reheated vegetable. So if she makes yeah. a stir fry, for example, and there's some left over, that will not be warmed up. I will just eat it cold because I don't want the vegetables to be reheated. I, think, I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, I agree because I think broccoli and cauliflower is like such a good snack cold too. I, I'll eat that like for a snack. 100%. So but like lemon pepper. A stir fry, of so course, good. involves cold rice. If yeah. I do it that way, the rice is going to be cold as well. And it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Now, again, I, anything that involves rice, I'm throwing some sort of hot sauce on. Like that's just the way it's going to go. That's my play. Um, but that's the only way. Cold rice by itself, I, nah. Like, I'll nah. intentionally go to the store and buy, like, the Minute Maid rice just so I can put it in the fridge and have it that's for a, a snack later. Bit. That is a weird I bit. I love it. You've definitely, that favorite. one qualifies as weird. All right, okay. and number one. Number one is hot Cheetos with cream cheese. <laughs> no, every, it's so every part of that confuses me. <laughs> that like, was hang the on one second. that I need you both to try. Like you hot, have to. Hot, what it makes them a hot Cheetos? Flaming hot. Like flaming, flaming hot. Okay, Cheetos. I thought you meant like you went and put them in the the oven no, 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 or no, something. Like flaming hot like, Cheetos. Okay, flaming hot Cheetos, which in and of itself are fine. Yeah, they're great. Why? I don't like any of the flaming hot brand. Interestingly enough, mm. um, I don't love them. I have a bigger problem. Plain Cheetos suck. I mean, they're terrible. What? They're a horrible snack. Mm. They're, they're they're for children. Okay. They're, they're low rent. Well, then I'm a child. Um, yeah, you know, I got yeah. bad news. I got <laughs> bad news, Cassidy. You, you qualify. Um, plain Cheetos are a child snack. You have, There's there's no pla- flavor profile there. It's just you want to have the cheese powder on your fingers. You want to have the experience. They're, experience. A, they're, they're a terrible snack. Um, that being said, 
I am interested in how the first time came about that you ended up dipping them in cream cheese. Well, I random roomed my sophomore year with like these three girls that I've never met before. And I like come in and my roommate, her name is Sloan, and she is eating a snack in her bed. And at the time we lived in a dorm where we we're in the same room. So I'm sitting in my bed and I'm seeing her pull out hot Cheetos, which I've never had before in the to begin with. And then she has cream cheese and I'm like, okay. And she was like, you have to try this. It's like amazing. And I was like, no, that is disgusting. And she's like, do you like hot Cheetos? And I tried it and I was like, yeah, they're good. She's like, do you like cream cheese? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, just trust me on it. So mm. I tried it right then and there. And ever since then, I will literally buy a tub of cream cheese and a big bag of hot Cheetos, and that is a snack that I will eat. That is a, it's a, it's a weird combination. Do you like both of them? Do you like them I both separately? I don't love cream cheese. Okay. I, I, cream cheese in context, like in as part of a dip, fine. In and of itself, don't care for it ever since I stopped eating bagels. Like the, To me, the bagels are really, as I said before, bagels are garbage. We just pretend like they're amazing. Bagels, bagels. Are, are great for a sandwich. They're not good for just eating a bagel. Like there's nothing, it's just a vehicle for cream cheese. You can do better. Um, that being said, I'm not, I actually think the combination might work. Like, amazing. I just couldn't find myself saying, this is what I want. I'm going to go back to this. I think that I could walk up and say, oh, yeah, it's all right. Like there's days where it'll be like 11 o'clock and I'm like, guess I'm taking a trip to 7-Eleven because I'm craving it that bad. So I'll tell you, I, I enjoy Royal Farms chicken salad and I will eat them. It's a weird, that, that, that's your first choice at a Royal Farms? No, 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 no not, okay. not, not my first choice. Okay. But if I'm looking for something to snack on and I'm feeling, and I'm, Feeling some chicken, I'll get some Royal Farms chicken salad, and I will eat them with crab chips, and that's pretty mm -hmm. delicious. Um, I used to like to dip saltines into Caesar dressing. That was I always good. I love that. That is so good. That's and a random that combination is so good. And the most random, and I learned this off of TikTok, and it tastes pretty damn close to cr to, to cheesecake. Oreos with cheese whiz. Okay, you got it. You, you're a. I you, only. I tried it. You should be on the no fly list. Get the <laughs> f out of here. I, I tried it. It's not. It's not Get a go to the for f me. Out of here. But it was decently. If good. I ever saw you do that, I would not allow you around my children. I, I just want to make that abundantly clear. I only tried it the one you time. You may not come within. But it was. It wasn't a thousand bad. feet. It wasn't bad. Of my children. Do you I understand that, you psychopath? I will watch. Don't knock until you whatever try. Whatever. No, I will. That will said. never occur. What was the movie that you this? Something about something Mary. Something about Mary. God's sake! I will watch that movie. Like by the time I come back, the next time I'm back or uh -huh. whatever, I will watch it. If you guys both try cream cheese and hot Cheetos, are you gonna bring them in? I'll bring it in. Yeah, you bring, I'll bring it in. It in I tell Friday. you what, you bring it in Friday. I'll try it, but only <laughs> if you have watched something about Mary before. Okay. That. All right. All right. There you go. Sounds good. Thank we you, want Cass. movie quotes. Thank you, oh my God. Okay. I mean, if you watch something about Mary, there'll be plenty of them. There'll I promise you that. Okay. All right. Uh, very good. Thank you, Cass. Good job. Top five. Let's get a tidbit quickly. Tidbit brought to you today by Glory Days Grill. The St. Patrick's menu is available at Glory Days Grill and includes. The smoky thigh wings with the Guinness grilling sauce. Uh, the Reuben, the Rachel, so much more at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to get your order in. All right. With Towson's loss last night, really only the Navy midshipmen from the state of Maryland truly stand a legitimate shot at making the NCAA tournament, assuming the Terrapins don't make a run and UMBC and Coppin State don't make runs either. 
Navy takes on Colgate for the Patriot League cha- uh, Tournament Championship tomorrow night. If they were to win, it would mark their first NCAA tournament berth since 1998. It would also mark just their fourth conference tournament championship since joining the Patriot League and seventh overall. Did you know that the Navy, that Navy has actually been to the Elite Eight three times in program history as recently as 1986? While all that is good and well, if Navy loses tomorrow night, uh, it's all—it's likely that the state of Maryland will be shut out of the NCAA tournament for the first time since when? I, I told you. I, I, mean, I know. We've got to get rid of year questions. It, it, it's, it, the tip it's is not, get not rid of year easy questions. these days, man. I, I understand. It just can't be a year question. I, just tell me. We'll, we'll do this. Move I past know this it. one. Oh, yeah? You know yeah, this one? When I is do. it? Because you looked at my phone. I did not. I did not even what look that it? way. It's 2011. How did you know that? <laughs> I looked yeah, at the 100%. Phone. There's no chance that it was anything. <laughs> it's it's 2000. But did you also know that David Robinson is the all-time leading scorer in the history of the CAA? Uh, I I you know it's funny. I didn't know that, but if I would have reminded myself they were in the CAA at that point, I would have remembered that. Yeah, I would have remembered that. All right, uh, here's what's coming up. Uh, totally tubular wise tonight. Unfortunately, no, they're going to play the CAA championship game without Towson. <sighs> it's what it is. Um, it'll be Wilmington and Delaware for the title, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. That's one of six uh, games that will determine NCAA tournament spots tonight. The Atlantic Sun, NEC, and Summit League championship games all on ESPN2 starting at 5 o'clock. ESPN for the Horizon League and WCC championship. That's a great one at 9 o'clock on ESPN, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Uh, ACC tournament gets underway today on ACC Network. NBC Sports Washington for Capitals Flames at 9. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Coyotes Red Wings at 7.30. TNT for Pelicans Grizzlies at 7.30. Clippers Warriors at 10. CBS for Champions League action. Liverpool and Inter Milan at 3. And uh, the USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. And Big Ten Network Plus for VCU Maryland Baseball at 4. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, Alicia Keys is going to be on the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon uh, this evening. Uh, last one, Standing Series premiere on Netflix. Um, oh, and on HBO, Undercurrent, The Disappearance of Kim Wall. The first two episodes at 9 and 10 tonight. I don't know who Kim Wall is, but a good disappearance documentary is always good for me. I, I, I probably won't look at it, but I hear you. I probably will not end up squeezing that in, but I get it. All right, thanks today to... Uh, Patrick Stevens, thanks to Randy Mueller. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. Uh Coming up on the program tomorrow, I mentioned earlier, uh, Griff Aldrich, former UMBC assistant, now the head coach at Longwood. There in the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. He's going to join us tomorrow. Uh, I assume Drew's joining us tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk. We'll catch up with Navy. We we're going to try to do that today. Their, their travel schedule got changed, so we'll catch up with them tomorrow ahead of their game tomorrow night and uh, stuff and things. As always, uh, don't know what, but it'll be good, I hope. (sighs) Can't promise. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, CIAA Tournament, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to, oh, Cass, you're on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 Cassidy Butler 5. And Instagram? Cassidy underscore Elizabeth 22. Thank you. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Follow Paul at Paul Valley the third. Have a great Tuesday night. Uh, go nobody, unfortunately. Maryland, Maryland baseball. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. If you're with us right now on video, give us a minute. We'll be back. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. Coming up next, it's Simply the Bets.
And welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. I'm Glenn. He's Paul. We are just five days away from Selection Sunday. Some prop bets up now to see who's going to get in in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Conference tournament action continues to rage on. Tomorrow night, Navy playing for the Patriot League title and a spot in the tournament we're going to cover all of these things this morning here on Simply the Bets. This week's show, as I mentioned, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And if you are still thinking about where it is that you're going to be to watch tournament games next week, I don't know why you're wasting your time. You need to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook because it is just the most glorious experience, celebration of basketball all day long. You go get your bets in. You go make more bets. You go chase those bets with other bets. You go, f- you hit on one. You feel great about yourself. You experience the agony of a buzzer beater that was meaningless, but it cost you the range of emotions from noon to after midnight for two straight days. Next Thursday and Friday, you're going to want to be there in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And you know what? I'll go ahead and make it official. You're going to want to join us this Sunday starting at 3 o'clock for the Big Ten Championship game and straight through the selection special at 6 as myself and former Terp Dunbar great Rodney Elliott will be hanging out with you. Noodles himself will be hanging out with you in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel helping you make your bets, sort of look over um, the bracket announcement and what we like, who we think's prime for a Final Four run, and we're throwing a couple of bucks at. We're going to do all of that Sunday with you in the FanDuel Sportsbook. We're going to have great giveaways, great specials. Of course, the food at Sports and Social is outstanding. So you will want to join us this Sunday starting at 3 o'clock. And then I'm going to be back next Friday afternoon. We're we're finalizing some details about that event. But next Friday afternoon, I'm going to be back hanging out, doing the same thing, helping you, answering your questions getting you ready, getting bets in, the whole deal. Next Friday afternoon for day two of the NCAA tournament, we will be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Aaron Oster from VEASAN joins us in just a second, and then a little bit later on in the show, we will catch up with FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick, get his thoughts on what's going on this week. Yes, great disappointment for me as I did throw a few bucks on Towson to win the CAA tournament. Mm-mm. Very sad. Very, very sad that that one didn't pan out. But there are more out there. There are more to be had. I actually had a couple bucks on Northern Kentucky last night, and that one worked out for me. So I had a plus night uh, on the whole despite the Towson losses. I actually bet on both Towson in the game, and I had to bet on them to win the CAA. So this man also suggested it as a bet, too, of course, from VEASAN out in Vegas. Let's head there now. Let's chat with Aaron Oster. Here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Well, not as good as Aaron Rodgers, but better than Calvin Ridley. Yeah, well, sure, there is is that. There is that. Unfortunately, uh, it was a a bummer for everybody, uh, the Towson thing. Nothing nothing we can do about it at this point. Uh, It was a tough week. Not only did you have Towson, you had Missouri State last week, too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. Both of those are tough. All right, let's bounce back. Let's bounce back this week. Uh, by the way, everybody in your family good? Everybody all right? 
Everybody's good. Kids All back right. to school. Everything's right. going good. All right. Very good. It's good to hear that. As, uh, there was a COVID scare out that way. So you're back to just basically being uh, n- doing nothing but watching basketball for the next couple of weeks, correct? Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's get into our five L's for the week. Bets that he loves, some local, some long shots, some long term, and uh, a bet that's a loser. We begin locally. Aaron, what is your first L for the week? Um, so I'm looking at tomorrow's American East game between UMBC and Hartford, and uh, it's not out at FanDuel yet, but it is popping up on other books, so I will use uh, what seems to be the pervasive line here. That's UMBC minus four. And I do like UMBC with the points. This is a game where I would be a little more hesitant if the America East didn't do things right and played on a neutral court. But they do do things right. If this game is at UMBC. Uh, I like the fact that they're playing at the event center there. And uh, this is a, t- a game and team. UMBC beat Harford twice. Uh, Four-point win at home, seven-point win on the road. And for anyone who tells you it's hard to beat teams three times, that's a complete and utter myth. Teams that are 2-0 and against the team earlier in the season wins about 70% of the time. Mm. Uh, minus four is a very doable number, so I will take UMBC minus four. And of course, uh, fans at Navy are hoping the same can be, uh, or the opposite is true. They're actually hoping they can be part of the 30% as they take on Colgate in the championship game. But yeah, exactly. I like I like UMBC. I think I like the over two tomorrow night. I was, I was looking at that, obviously, the last time these two teams played. They combined for 177 points. Um, like UMBC has been scoring a lot of points of late. Like they've just been scoring a lot of points. I don't know. I got a, I've got a funny feeling about the over in that one tomorrow. Yeah, it, well. it's it's come out around one fifty. That made me hesitate just a little bit. Yeah. But I definitely think they can hit it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I don't. I think it would have to be closer to like one six. Just the way these teams have been scored, I, I don't know. I think it would have to be closer to like one fifty six for me to feel nervous about it. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go uh, long-term. Let's go there next. What is the uh, futures bet that you've got your eye on for this week? Um, so I'm looking at a division bet in the NBA, so the Atlantic division. Celtics have won uh, 12 of their last 14. A lot of those wins really dominant fashion. They really seem to be rounding into form and kind of catching up to what we had talked about several weeks ago with just kind of the metrics love them. But, uh, you know, they haven't necessarily looked like that dominant team. Now they're starting to look like that dominant team. And down the stretch, they have a very, very winnable uh, winnable schedule. They're only two back of the 76ers in the Atlantic Division and the 76ers. You know, they're, they're still a solid team, but they look a little bit more vulnerable than the Celtics do. The Celtics also have the tiebreaker over the 76ers. Right now, Celtics are plus 200 to win the Atlantic Division. It actually came down a little bit. I liked it better a couple days ago, but still, I think plus 200 is a nice bet to take for the Celtics to win the Atlantic Division. I probably wouldn't be putting any money on the Nets to win the Atlantic Division at, at, division no. at this point. I'd probably avoid no. that one altogether. Yeah, I, I like that for the value. You know, I, I still, like, if you, you the gun to my head, first of all, again, why? Why would that be necessary in this conversation? If you forced me to, to pick, I'd still probably lean to the Sixers, but I get it. Um, the trend is very good for the Celtics at the moment, and I can certainly understand 
Why, with a little bit of value there, that would be somewhere that you'd want to throw a bit of money. I am uh, I am already nervous just one week in on my John Morant uh, MVP bet. It took just me, a little bit. It took me all of one week to say, what? I got a little carried away. I got Perfect. a little worked up. Uh, by the way, I think the one that's trending at the moment is uh, is uh, Jokic. Like, that's the one that uh, if, if, I had to, if I had to reconsider at the moment and go a certain route, I might suddenly start thinking about leaning that way although he's down to plus 170 at this point so it appears as though i'm not the only one that is thinking about that particular bet all right give me a long shot give me a, an underdog that you like this week you know there's a few in conference did we ever kind of figure out exactly what the the limit the threshold would be for what what's considered a long shot there, there are two plays that I have in mind. One, one I think is much more likely. Uh, I'll, more I'll determine that right. afterwards. I'll, I'll, whatever you do, I'm going to tell right. you you're wrong is the way this exactly. is going to go. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll just kind of give you two decent long shots in conference tournament play right now then. Okay. Um, one is one I actually I, I think is a, could be a really good play, a really good value play. Whether or not you consider it a true long shot, it is at uh, plus 700. And that's uh, Cal State Fullerton to win the Big West tournament. Ah, I've got and, lots of thoughts about this. Exactly. I know you do. Yeah. Uh, the Big West tournament is really interesting where there are three pretty good teams in the conference. They're all in the top half of the bracket. UC Irvine, Cal State, Santa Barbara, and Long Beach State. Meanwhile, the bottom half is actually very manageable, and that's where Cal State Fullerton as the two-seat resides. But I think they have a relatively clear path to the finals. So if you're giving me plus 700 on a team with a pretty decent path to the final without a dom like like I said, the three best teams are at the top, but none of them are truly dominant teams. So you're giving me plus seven hundred on a team that I think should be in the final. I'm gonna take that. Okay. All right. Um I, I literally know nothing about the Big West, so sure, I'll ride with you yeah. on that. Because I have no effing clue whether or not that makes any <laughs> sense at all. Irvine the favorite at plus two eighty. That's uh of course, as as everyone knows, that's my mother's alma mater, in fact. Yeah. Uh, the uh, UC Irvine Anteaters, uh, Santa Barbara at plus 410, Long Beach State at plus 480, Hawaii at plus 500, and then Fullerton at plus 700. Sure, sure. Why, why not? Yeah. We'll, we'll go with exactly. that. We'll ride with it. If, if we need a double digit, I would say Wake Forest and the ACC is a little bit live at 10 to 1. Uh, it's certainly a team that's going to be inspired to try to make a run because their spot is not guaranteed at this point mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. So I could, I could for sure... Uh, see Wake Forest being a little bit more inspired to make a run. I don't know. I I sort of feel like after what happened this past week, exactly, I liked that, it a lot better than what happened. Yeah, like happened there's the there's 1,000% a part of me that's like it's not just that I think that Duke will be inspired. I think the um, I think the league will be inspired. <laughs> I think if you think you're getting a call this weekend in Brooklyn and you're not wearing blue and white, you are incorrect. There will be no calls going your way unless you play for the team that's coached by Mike Krzyzewski up in Brooklyn this weekend. Pretty much, yeah. All right, he's he's Aaron Oster from VEASAN. He is with us here on Simply the Bets. Aaron, uh, next on the list, let's talk about a uh, bet that you know right now is a loser. Well, there's one team that I've railed against in single elimination formats on this show a few weeks ago, and I'm, I'm going to do it again. Uh, I don't understand why Purdue's 2-1 to one to win the Big Ten right now, plus 200. Um, first of all, the Big Ten is a wide-open uh, wide open tournament right now. 2-1 um, to one with Illinois at 270 and Iowa at plus 440, 
doesn't make sense. There should be pretty much co-favorites. I don't know why Purdue is kind of the, the single favorite in this one. I don't get it. Um, I think there's much better value elsewhere. By the way, that Iowa plus 440, I think, is very interesting in this tournament. No, that's down, but, by the way. Uh, Iowa's a no, plus it's, three, it's plus 390 now for Iowa. Okay. Still, I think that's actually pretty good value for them. But I, I also just think that Purdue is not built to win any sort of single elimination tournament. They're, they will do well over the course of the year, and they did do pretty well this year. But their defense is just too erratic to win, you know, four, three, four. And then once we get into the real tournament, five, six games in a row. Um, I do think that they're primed to be upset. I don't think they win the tournament, but even if they do, I think two uh, plus 200 is way off on what the odds should be. I, I wouldn't even think about touching them until it got to plus 300 or better, if that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm fading Purdue in the Big Ten tournament. Do we know what's going on with Johnny Davis, by the way? Do we have any... We don't. There, There is, you know, obviously that's a big question as far as the bottom half of that bracket goes. Um, he seems questionable right now. There hasn't been a whole lot. It, my guess is he, he tries to uh, to play it out, but right. it won't be 100%. I don't love Wisconsin because of that reason. Oh, yeah. Like I said, if I'm playing a team in the Big Ten, it is probably Iowa at now plus 390. Wisconsin without Johnny Davis stinks. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, well, exactly. they're the best team in the league with Johnny Davis, or they, they, you know, they won the league with Johnny Davis. Without him, they're terrible. They're not even a good team without Johnny no. Davis. It is wild how different those two things are. All right, and then uh, give me the bet that you love, the one that you say literally walk it on your scooter, whatever you got to do to get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel to get this bet in right now. You know, I know that I'm going to another conversation. I know you know everything about. Yeah. Uh, I I love Nickel State to win the Southland. Hell yeah. One fifteen. You think I you who do you think you're talking to, man? You think I'm not all over the Nickels? Colonels, you think I don't know about them? In fact, I'm pretty sure they dropped the state at some point and they just go by Nichols any longer. I know everything. All right, tell me why it is that I should bet Nichols. Um, they're the best team in the conference. This is one of those conferences where I do think there is a clear-cut best team. Uh, they've won 10 of their past 11. Their only loss is a two-point loss to southeastern Louisiana, and southeastern Louisiana is on the other side of the bracket, so they won't be facing them till the finals. Um, you know, we, we've seen it, obviously. There is a lot of chaos in these smaller tournaments. This is one of those times where I think Nichols is better than the rest. And uh, getting plus money on the one seed, I, I, I love it here. Uh, just getting that plus 115 instead of getting minus money. And so that that's my favorite bet is them at plus 115. And you know what? It's that actually, it's actually nice plus things. 110 now for the round. Oh, it yeah. ticked down. So, yeah, okay. plus 110. Still, uh, but again, just any plus money on this, I feel like this should be a, uh odds-on type situation. And you know what? The nice thing about FanDuel and uh, over at uh, Maryland Live is that they, unlike a lot of places, allow you to parlay conference tournament bets. So if you want to, let's say, pair this with, uh, you know, Iona to win the MAC, mm-hmm. um, you know, that might be fun and get it up to around plus 275, plus 280 to get two pretty solid favorites there. I like that. I like that. Obviously, you know, Iona, overwhelming, an overwhelming choice in the MAC at this point, given what Rick Pitino has done there. But, 
You put yep. those two favorites together, there's money to be made, especially at the start of a tournament when all the teams are still in, so it's difficult even if there is a favorite. Like, there's very few significant favorites when it comes to, like, who... I think Arizona's le- is, is, is negative money, right? I don't know if anybody yeah. else is. Duke, Duke is. Oh, Duke is, yeah, because the ACC stinks, so sure, that Duke, makes sense. Houston is as well. Is Vermont, yeah. is Vermont negative... Um, oh, Vermont is uh, minus 900. Or Holy F. Down a little bit. Holy F. I mean, I get it. They're that good. Like, I understand Like they're that dominant in the conference and they get to play at home, but still. Yeah. It, and I get, way, don't, don't put them into a parlay. Just don't. don't yeah, do you're, not, you're not helping yourself. You're not. You're exactly. not helping yourself anyway. I, I will say, though, that's also, I, I don't know what that number was when the tournament began, right? Like, it, it probably wasn't minus 850, but obviously it couldn't have been any less than like minus 500 it, it I was guess. it was always pretty high yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I, think, I think it probably opened around five 550 somewhere uh, that but, is yeah. wild that is a wild number all right very good those are your five l's for the week hopefully we won't be taking five l's with those bets Aaron, uh, remind everybody about what you guys have going on uh, out at vison as we are in the, the the crazy part of college basketball season Absolutely. Check out vsinvsin.com. Of course, we have all sorts of college basketball, NBA, and NHL stuff going on. And we're going to have a special uh, Selection Sunday day going on. We're going to have six hours of free live video streaming on vsin.com, which will include the bracket reveal, immediate analysis on any lines that open up. Uh, that'll be out at Circus Sport, the Circus Sports Resorts and Stadium Swim. So uh, check that out on Selection Sunday, vcin.com. At the A Oster on Twitter is how you follow him. Aaron, appreciate it, pal. Hopefully uh, this is a fruitful week, and we will talk to you again as we get into the throes of uh, the NCAA tournament next week. Appreciate you, bud. Can't wait till next week. No doubt. Aaron Oster checking in with us here on Simply the Bets with his five L's for sports betting this week. And these are the the favorites in the respective conference tournaments. In the American, it's Houston, minus 135. The ACC, it's Duke at minus 125. Again, in the America East, Vermont at minus 850, which is almost unheard of. Uh, Dayton at plus 290 in the Atlantic 10. Baylor plus 220 in the Big 12. Villanova plus 165 in the Big East. Montana State plus 190 in the Big Sky. Purdue plus 200 in the Big 10. Irvine, plus 280 in the Big West. UAB, plus 155 in CUSA. Norfolk State, a minus 190 favorite in the MEAC. For the record, Morgan at plus 1,400. Coppin at plus 1,500. If you want to bet on a local, by the way, UMBC's number is plus 650 in the America East at the moment. Uh, the MAC, Toledo, plus 165. Boise State, plus 270 in the Mountain West. Arizona, minus 135 in the Pac-12. Kentucky, plus 200 in the SEC. Nichols, plus 110 in the Southland. Aaron just said, bet that. In the SWAC, Texas Southern, plus 190. In the WAC, New Mexico State, plus 140. Those are your respective favorites in the various conference tournaments still to be completed during the course of the week. Once you get down to just the championship game, you can no longer bet on the champion. You can just bet on the game. That's what that's what you do in those situations. So, for example, in the Patriot League tomorrow night, you can no longer bet on the conference champion because there's just one game left. Instead, Navy is a six-and-a-half-point dog tomorrow night at Colgate in the Patriot League championship game. All right, still to come, we are going to catch up with our buddy Bruce Billick, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. 
at Live Casino and Hotel. A reminder that you need to know your risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Bruce Billick next. This is Simply the Bets. This. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140. And don't forget, we're adding to the uh, the programming schedule this Thursday, the first episode of Weekend at Bookies. Um, so we're looking forward to that as we continue to try to help you out in winning money every week. All brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Bruce Billick will join us here in a few minutes. Uh, a couple things that jumped out at me uh, this week as I was doing some prep for the show. One, 
Um, it's getting closer to a pick in terms of the number one pick in the NFL draft. Evan Neal from Alabama remains the favorite at plus 100, but at 2-1, to one, Ike Aquanu from NC State, the tackle there, has slid in as the second favorite. And I've seen some more mock drafts after the combine, and I always worry that we overreact to the combine. Not to say that certain players didn't look amazing or didn't have great performances or whatever it was, but after the combine, Ike Aquanu has slid up to 2-1 to one as the second choice, meaning Aiden Hutchinson, who as of a couple weeks ago was the consensus number one overall pick in the draft, He's falling all the way back down to 8-1 to one to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Now, it might very well be that the Jaguars are sort of privately making it known that they're going to draft a tackle number one overall. That's totally possible. It might very well be the consensus that Aiden, Aiden, um, Aiden Hutchinson, easy for me to say, I talk for a living, Aiden Hutchinson is the best player in the draft. All of these things could be true. But it is interesting to me that we're only a couple of weeks removed from Hutchinson being the obvious number one overall pick, and suddenly he's down to eight to one. I might bite at that and throw some money back there. I still think it's tough for a franchise. I know it's been done before, but I still think it's tough for a franchise to use the number one overall pick on a tackle. It is obviously not sexy. It might be smart. It might be the best thing you can do to make Trevor Lawrence be a rock star for years to come. But when you have the opportunity to get an impact player that can sell you some jerseys, that can get you a little hype, that can record some stats in the way of sacks, I just wonder if that doesn't become a factor as you get closer to the NFL draft and you're a franchise that is, let's be honest, moribund. I mean, just a miserable franchise in the Jacksonville Jaguars where you literally had fans showing up at games in clown masks at the end of last season. I mean, it is a disaster, the scenario that is playing out in Jacksonville. So I just wonder, I wonder out loud, if that doesn't become a factor as you get closer to the draft. And even if we think that the best prospects in the draft are the two tackles, that they don't go back and say, that's not going to get this fan base fired up. That's not going to get people excited. We need to draft someone whose jersey they're going to want to go out and buy, and we end up taking Aiden Hutchinson because of it. Just just a thought, not a sermon, just a thought uh, for what it's worth. Uh, with the Aaron Rodgers news this morning, the Packers sit at 10-1 to 1 as the pick to win the Super Bowl next season behind the Bills and the Chiefs. The Bills remain the favorite at seven to one the Chiefs seven and a half to one and then the Packers at 10 to one before the defending champion Rams at 12 to one of course Aaron Rodgers will not be departing Green Bay as he agreed to a new four-year deal and so the Packers are the third favorite to win the Super Bowl next year they're at minus 190 as the overwhelming favorite to win the NFC North understandably so so those are some of the things that jumped out at me as I was preparing for um, uh, this week's show. Why don't you go ahead and give Bruce a call, see what's going on there. Um, I know he normally calls us, but just because we're running late and we don't want to go too far over, why don't we go ahead and give him a buzz. Bruce Billick, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, scheduled to join us here in just a second. I did have someone ask um, about... Oh, hang on a second. I'll pull this up. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, as always, is the way to get me. Glenn, what is your strategy 
You said you're going to be in there on Sunday. This is from Aaron, not Aaron Oster, a different Aaron. You said you're going to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook on Sunday. What is your strategy for betting related to the selection show? Are you looking to bet teams to be a number one seed? Are you looking to bet who's going to get in? What is your thought process? It's a great question. Aaron, I don't know yet is the best way to say it. I don't know. I just don't know. I I have to see what's available to me. I think is that right now, for example, in the FanDuel Sportsbook, you can find um, uh, odds for teams to make the NCAA tournament. They are available now. The bubble teams. I have to see what's available as we get closer to Sunday. Hopefully our next guest can tell us a little bit more about that. He is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. He joins us every week here on Simply the Bets. He's our friend Bruce Billick, and he's back with us. What's going on, Bruce? How are you, sir? Good morning, Glenn. How you doing, buddy? Everything is good, man. Looking forward. I'm going to be hanging out with you guys on Sunday. Myself yep, looking and forward to it. Uh, you know, uh, we're bringing with us uh, former Maryland star and Dunbar legend Rodney Elliott's going to come hang out with me, too. So we're going to look forward to being there for the Big Ten Championship game and for the selection show as well. Bruce, um, for this Sunday, before we get into the, the tournament itself, what I, I know we've already seen a few uh, bets pop up for bubble teams and whether or not they get in. Will there be more of those types of props as we get closer to the selection show? Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to see a lot of that stuff start to pop up here over the next few days. Uh, obviously, if we get into the weekend, we'll have some some uh, some of those type of wagers available. Uh, and when you'll be down here on Sunday, those will definitely be available uh, prior to the selection show. Actually, you know what? I just saw some more of them pop up today. There are already some. <laughs> there, literally from from the from this morning when I prepped this show to right now, I have seen some more pop up. Uh, for example, you can bet on Alabama's seed in the NCAA tournament over under six and a half. So will they be better than or a six seed or better, or will they be a seven seed or worse? There are odds now up for one seeds in the tournament. Gonzaga, of course, at minus 7,000. They're going to be a one seed. We all know that. Uh, Arizona at minus 1450. So a lot of that stuff is already popping up, and there will be more in the days that come leading up to this. So we'll, we should have a fun Sunday afternoon of being able to put bets in that we'll get answers for during the selection special. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome day. I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, one of those special days out of the – sports calendar so it'll be it'll be fun having you guys down here i'm looking forward to that a great deal bruce um give me an idea of of what this week looks like every night of course there are more tournament i was we were talking earlier about the odds you can still get there's there's very few conferences where you have minus odds even on the favorite because there's so many teams involved in these tournaments right so it feels like conference tournament betting is actually kind of beneficial to you because you know, I, I think that for the most part, it's not all of them, but a lot of the favorites end up winning. And if you bet early, you can get some pretty good action, even on the favorites at this point. You really can. You know, uh, uh, one of my colleagues and I were talking last week prior to the CAA tournament, and they had. Oh, don't remind. Uh, don't. Oh, you're twisting the UNC knife now, Bruce. Wilmington, fourteen to one, uh, and uh, they're playing in the championship game tonight, and just a two-point dog currently. So, uh, you know, you take that at fourteen to one, and then. You know, you can go back on uh, Delaware or play it in-game, and you can set yourself up pretty nicely. So, again, we talk about it all the time. There are some uh, there are some ways to kind of set yourself up really nicely if you can, can bet these games a little bit early. Thanks for thanks for that, Bruce. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> thanks. Not that we're not still hurting. Uh, not that on top of rooting for them I didn't 
make bets both on Towson to win the CAA tournament and in last night's game. Not that that didn't happen, Bruce. I'm totally cool with it. Just so you know, I'm not. I'm handling it very well. No problems whatsoever. I'm not freaking out and very mad at you for bringing it up. I just want you to know that, buddy. Yeah, we've got a we've got a bunch of uh, Towson alum here, so it's a pretty down day here in the book. Uh. You guys are. Uh, not too happy about that performance last night. Yeah, but still some opportunities for some local teams. Navy's in the Patriot League uh, title game tomorrow night, so you can get over there. And and they're six and a half point dogs, so I I actually kind of like that. I kind of, I I kind I'm not telling you they're going to win, but I kind of like the number at six and a half against Colgate. They played them tough the second time uh, up at Colgate this season. It was a five point game. We know how difficult it is to win three times against the same team in the course of one season. I I kind of like that six and a half number with Navy tomorrow night. Yeah, that's all that pop. That's one that I feel like they can get inside that number. Uh, it's gonna, I think it'll be a closer game than, than the experts think, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, what are some other things? What are Anything else that you've had your eye on, numbers that you sort of popped up at you that said, eh, this is interesting to me? You know, again, we were talking about these conference tournaments. You got uh, in, the, in the American Athletic Conference, you got Houston, a minus 135 favorite, Memphis plus 390. Memphis just blew the doors I off mean, of Houston. I mean, kicked their crap out of them. On yeah, so – uh, not saying that that you know translates into them winning the conference tournament, but again, you know you get Houston at minus one thirty five or Memphis at plus three ninety, and both of those teams are in the uh, end up in the in the conference championship. Then you know you set yourself up very nicely for for a little payday there. But um, again, there, there's some there's some live dogs in some of these conference tournaments. I think you know uh, I, I think the A ten tournament uh, that's going to be played here in DC is pretty wide open too as well. Uh, you got Dayton as the current favorite at plus two ninety. Uh, you got a few teams in there, VCU plus 420, Davidson plus 340. Uh, I think any of those three teams can win that conference tournament. So anytime you can get plus money, um, you know, I'm always for that. All right, so I, this came up uh, sort of artificially this morning, and I want to I pose the question to you, Bruce Billick, general manager, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. So we were having a conversation about Calvin Ridley, and I said, look, Calvin Ridley could have bet on literally any sport that he wanted to other than the NFL, and it would have been fine. Like, this is this is the way it goes. And I started listing sports that he could bet on it in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Life Casino Hotel. I'm like, he could bet on the NBA. He could have bet on, you know, darts. He could have bet on snooker. And then I realized I have no idea what the F snooker is. Do you have any idea what snooker is, Bruce Billa? <laughs> I am not a snooker, and I don't think I've ever, in, in the few years been running sportsbooks, have ever taken a snooker. No, bet. really. Um, but uh, we do offer snooker. You can bet on it. I found that out. You can bet on snooker in the FanDuel Sportsbook. And for the record, it looks like billiards, but it's apparently not billiards. There's something about it that's different. I don't know exactly what it is. But if you so choose, you could bet on snooker today in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Those are some options. Hey, what else is getting action this week? I know it seems like everything is college basketball at the moment because we're a week away from the start of the NCAA tournament. But what else are you seeing action come in on this week? Yeah, I mean, there's just a major that, – that's the major focus. I think, you know, um, everybody's eyes are on college basketball. It's that time of year. Everybody's starting to get excited about it. Obviously, the NBA is always always bet pretty heavily. Um, you know, again, we talk about this every week. The uh, the player performance doubles are being being bet pretty heavily here at the sportsbook uh, on our kiosks, our 51 kiosks. We're actually – Adding 12 additional kiosks, so we're going to have 63 Whoa. kiosks Holy crap. Uh, for March Madness. So the most kiosks uh, in any sportsbook in the state of Maryland. So we're really trying to amp it up and make sure that our customers who come in here um, don't have to wait in line too long, have an ample 
um, you know, availability to, to the kiosk to make their wagers as well as any of the 10 windows too as well. So I want to make this very clear. I'm going to be back. I'm not only coming down Sunday, I'm coming back next Friday to, to do the bit where, you know, you just put your feet up and you watch basketball all day, which is just the greatest thing. Oh, it's the most wonderful thing. And make bets and just have a day. There is going to be 63 self-service kiosks now available to you and all of them open 24 hours a day. That is correct. That sounds that sounds wonderful. That sounds majestic, my friend. That sounds so good to me. I know the Players Championship is this weekend. That gets a lot of golf people excited. It's thought of as the fifth major, so I'm sure that's one that'll get a good amount of action this week as yeah, we've well. Yeah, got, we've gotten a lot of action on that. We've had some some more cow money come in. Uh, Victor Hovland's been pretty hot after his you know decent performance last week. Um, so yeah, the Player Championship. We, we you know, golf is really kind of evolved over the last few years and there are a lot of guys come in and bet those as well as the as well as the uh you know top 20 top 10 um so yeah the, the, the golf has been uh one of our, our few sports that people really get into uh, i love that uh now let's uh let's talk about if you want to be there so I, I mentioned i'm going to be there sunday and i'll be there back next friday i'm imagining that there are more people as we talk about you don't have to go to vegas any longer to have nope. that joy of spending that first weekend of the NCAA tournament in the sports book, just watching game after game after game and betting and living and dying over every minute. But it is important. I'm, I'm imagining we're expecting massive crowds over the course of the next couple of weeks, correct? We absolutely are. You know, this place has become truly a destination. It's, uh, you know, what we're seeing, we had a UFC fight this past weekend, and, um, you know, it's packed. The place is packed. The, the atmosphere is just, you know, unrivaled, I think, here in the state of Maryland with any of our competitors and uh, just actually got the list this morning of the reservations and number of people that have signed up for, you know, tables and reserves some chairs and stuff for the first four days of March Madness. So uh, it's in high gear. This place has really made a name for itself. And I think people are excited. And again, we talked about it last week that, you know, we're finally, you know, hopefully out of this whole COVID situation and, and people are ready to have some fun. I expect a ton of beer towers and yeah. tons, of, tons of wings and everything flying around on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday next week. And, and important that if you want, and I don't even know what's available at this point, as, as what Bruce just pointed out, if you are planning on coming down for this Sunday or for next weekend, I would send an email right now, events at sportssocialmd.com. If you got a group that's coming down, you're trying to see if you can get a table, you're trying to – there's always going to be room, you know, like there's plenty of standing room. There's plenty of, you know, bar space, things along those lines. But if you want to make an, a weekend out of it, you want to make an event out of it, I would email events at sportssocialmd.com right now in order to make sure that there is a spot for you um, for the next few weekends as it is going to be crazy. Bruce, anything else we need to make sure we cover? I think we're good. You know, like I said, getting here, we've got the ACC tournament kicking off here in about an hour and a half. Um, so we are in full swing for the next few days, uh, leading into selection Sunday, we're going to have nonstop basketball action from, you know, 1130 through, uh, uh you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. So come down here, have a good time. If you need any help, ask for anybody here on the Sportsbook staff. We're here to help you guys and uh, look forward to having everybody in. And again, we will see you on Sunday at 3 o'clock. Myself and Rodney Elliott will be there for the Big Ten title game into the selection show uh, to, to give you some advice and, and giveaways and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Bruce Billick, always appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, and I'll see you on Sunday, all right? Take care, buddy. Look forward to having you. It's Bruce Billick, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel getting you ready for i mean really this is this is like the super bowl it's that 
big of a couple of weeks in the sports betting world. Yeah, myself, Rodney Elliott, we will be there Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock. He's an expert. I'm an expert at eating wings. It's perfect. We've got it all covered, everything you could possibly need to know. We will have wonderful giveaways throughout the day. We'll be pointing out bets that we like. Live odds make the experience so much different. To be watching the numbers change right in front of your eyes. Such a cool thing. All of a sudden you look up and you're like, I, you know, I liked, let's just say for example, I brought this example up. All those years ago, Morgan State played Oklahoma in the NCAA tournament. That was a Blake Griffin, Oklahoma team. Morgan State jumped out to a 10-0 lead. And you look up, and all of a sudden, you liked Oklahoma going into the day at minus 12 or whatever it was, but their live odds have drastically changed because they're down 10 nothing. So you say, it's, it's too early. It's very early in the game. There's 100, there's so much time here. You race over, put your money in, you get better odds than you thought you were going to get. That's what makes the live experience so great. They're constantly, especially in basketball. In football, it's a little bit tougher because you don't score points in the same way. The basketball odds are constantly changing. So you can get a number, that it's a prime number, just because of a 7-0 run. Three possessions could change everything about the live betting number. You're going to want to be there for the tournament. Again, events at sportssocialmd.com. Get your reservations in. Paul's got a tidbit of the week. What you got for us? All right, so this happened several years ago, but I found it quite interesting. A a man placed an eight-horse parlay bet for his 60th birthday. The odds were 2 million to 1. He hit on all all eight horses. The payout was to be 1.4 million pounds or 1.8376 million dollars million US dollars but the, uh, the the thing here is the William Hill Review had a rule that they never pay out more than 1 million pounds so he lost out on about $525,000 that's rough uh because they don't pay out more than 1 million pounds but went out for his 60th birthday he didn't even place a $100 bet and that's, ended up making 1.3 million dollars it's rough than it's a I don't know. I don't know how I feel about any of that. Although you know, it's weird. Like some places have limits on how much you can bet on. Um, like for example, pro wrestling, right? Like they say you can't. You can bet. You can bet on the WWE in a lot of places, but like you can only bet twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, something along those lines. Um, I guess because they're worried about someone who literally knows what the script is mm-hmm. going and and making. There's rumors everywhere about right, what's going to happen. Going and making a bit. Well, that that but that exists for anyone. I think it's more specifically to protect themselves from. Someone who act genuinely knows, mm-hmm. like someone who knows what's going to happen, being able to say, "Well, I can, I, I I'm gonna go bet on something that I know about." So they limit you in a lot of places. So Vince McMahon can't put a five five million right. dollar and wager on the Brock Lesnar Roman and, cha- and then change the result to make sure his guy wins and then cash in on it. Yeah, they, you can't do that. So th- I, I don't know about other. There are just there are rules like that that exist in certain places. All right, very good. Thanks to uh, Bruce Billick. Thanks to Aaron Oster. If you missed any of that, you'll be able to find it um, a little bit later on today as we'll get the entire show up, both the, the video and audio of this week's Simply the Bets. We'll see you in the live casino and hotel FanDuel Sportsbook this Sunday for uh, the Big Ten Championship game and the selection special. And on Thursday morning at 11.40, our first episode of Weekend at Bookies. Thank you for joining us for Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.